0: You've been away for a bit, I've been away, and uh and then Peter and I spent the whole time talking just about the media event-
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Guillermo Rambo at nine to five Mac uncovered like sixty seven things that are gonna be announced at w w d c yeah. yeah uh we could save that it, for later, i guess okay okay, uh, I don't know I think we have i, I should have made notes, <laughs> but <laughs> That's, karen asked me what
2: i was going to be talking about today and i said i don't know <laughs> he usually sends me notes 15 minutes
0: before we start talking. i don't even have those notes i do have I, I i actually do have a note but it has no news in it it has a bit of follow-up uh i think it was when paul and i were on yeah i'm doing follow-up john yeah do they do that first yeah yeah you got to get that out of the way uh um, yeah some people just tune in for the follow-up and then they turn off the episode right Cause then Mm -hmm. they'll just hear the corrections for the rest of the episode (laughs) in a future episode up front. Right. But I think it was the episode that Paul was on, Paul Kafasis, a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about AirPods two and, um, uh the fact that you know two years if you've been wearing your airpods regularly for 2 years your battery they're not for me they're not unusable it's just noticeably yeah. worse for amy it's a little worse hers hers cuz she uses them even more she really i mean uh, yeah probably giving herself hearing damage um just how often but she always wear headphones a lot um uh, well it's that or listen to you so yeah exactly yeah i don't honestly i wonder <laughs> if she even is listening to anything
2: karen, karen wears hers a lot
0: <laughs> i'll say
2: she uh, didn't get them until she didn't get them until september but they've hardly left her ears since then
0: <laughs> we but we mentioned that this kind of stinks that the problem with them isn't that they're broken it is that the little tiny batteries that power them wear out yeah. after two years And doesn't that feel like a shame you know, that it for want of a battery, you're throwing out a device. And, you know, it really, historically, like back in the day when you and I were kids and, you know, through the 90s, you know, battery-operated devices had batteries that came in and out. And, and mm-hmm. you know, the idea that, hey, I'm going to throw out my calculator because the battery's dead is <laughs> yeah. silly. Right. Uh, but that's, you know, where we are. But it turns out there is – this is my correction. A few people wrote in with this. I did not know. But uh, Jonathan – Goldbrunson, I believe, was first, so thanks to him. But everybody who wrote, a couple people wrote. Apple has a support page. I will put it mm-hmm. in in the notes. But you can get AirPod service and repair. Um, yeah, but it's kind of expensive. Well, right? yeah, right. So uh, battery service is forty nine dollars each. But I believe yeah. it's, and then it says out of warranty fee sixty nine dollars each, and then lost <laughs> is sixty nine dollars each. Uh, charging case, $49 for battery service, out-of-warranty fee, $59. I'm not sure if the out-of-warranty fee is for battery service or like out-of-warranty battery service or what. But anyway, the, it, it is very close to the price of replacing them. And the fact that the yeah. lost, <laughs> the one, if you lose it or you get the battery replaced, it's not that big a difference. But it looks yeah. like you can get the batteries replaced for $49 each, so that's 100 bucks. So you would be saving you know, a third of the price of a new set, almost a third of the price of a new set of AirPods. Right. I wonder, they, I, I can't imagine they're actually replacing
2: the batteries because didn't I fix it, take those thing things apart and find that it's mostly glue in there. Yeah. I thought so too. It doesn't, you know, I figured they're just, I figured they're just swapping out a pair.
0: Yeah. But are they actually, but do they re, you know, reuse the things? I, I don't know. I, yeah. it seems a little, you know, again, it's a little gross to think that they're no matter how well they clean it you know what i mean like a refurbished no. phone you clean it you touch it that's fine uh um, yeah you know refurbished earpods oh, no man. i don't I, want it yeah i don't i don't want it i don't care how thoroughly they clean it but, mm-hmm. so i don't know but they, there it is you can do it doesn't really yeah. you know and again i, just, I don't blame the new <laughs> ones <laughs> i got the new ones too uh, well actually i didn't buy them yet I, amy bought hers lo- uh, enjoys them i still have the reviewed ones that apple sent me um I have to say, I think some of the initial reaction... This is one of the things I wanted to talk about. Some of the initial reaction to AirPods too, uh to me, is getting Apple all wrong. There's, I've seen a couple of YouTube reviews that were sort of like, this is it, these look exactly the same, and they at work exactly the same. What? How is this new? And my reaction to that is, uh, well, they didn't... It's not like they got up on stage and had a big show about the new AirPods. They don't even call them... AirPod to, you know, they just mm-hmm. replaced the old AirPods with new AirPods. And in my experience so far, they work a lot better. And I thought the old ones worked really well. So, like, to yeah. me, that's Apple at its best. Yeah. I mean, the,
2: I'm, I'm not going to say it, but the Hey Dingu's thing, I think, has actually made me
0: start using Siri a lot more. The, and the latency overall of all of the things that had some degree of latency, like, when you first put them in your ear... And you hear that that tone that says, hey, I I got you. You know, I'm in your ear. Um, It seems like that happens much sooner. now. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah. I used to have to used to. I had developed this tick where I would open the case and wait a three count. Hmm. And then pull them out and put them in. And I found that always that worked well. Like, Because occasionally I would open the case, put one in quickly, put the second one in. The second one would bong and the right one would not be, you know, the first one would not be connected. Right. Uh, and so the way I worked around that was open the case. One, two, three, put the first one in and then the second one, which is kind of dumb. But it worked every time. And now I'm trying to untrain myself from that. <laughs> which I'm having more difficulty than I expected because I don't need to do it
0: anymore because they're, they're fast. Yeah. The, the Hey dingus experience is exactly as promised. Just say it yeah. and it happens and she answers. Yeah, The
2: first time I did it, I was shocked because yeah. there's no
0: tone. There's no tone.
2: Right. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't give you that tone that it does on the phone. And I, I, it it just did what i wanted and i was like wow wow was that an accident did, did i miss something did is it is that the way it's supposed to work and that is the way it's supposed to work the the only thing i, I still have i'm still very uncomfortable saying you know talking to it in public
0: yeah me too and so
2: like i go out for a walk or a run or something like that and i always look around to make sure there's nobody around me before i tell it to do something
0: right like so um I I do like an idiot that I am. I often do a lot of grocery shopping, just like three items at a time. You know, because it occurs to yeah. me that I would I would like a ham sandwich, and mm-hmm. I will just go to uh, a nice little market we have a few blocks away that has good Italian bread and good good lunch meat, and pick up like two three things. You know, listening yeah. to podcast, and then I always take my AirPods out. I've said this before. I think most people. I think people should consider this. I like to take them out, or at least take one out at the register. So that the you know don 't just stop your your audio, take it out yeah. to let them know yeah. hey i 'm not listening i 'm not so so inconsiderate that i 'm listening to music or a podcast while I should be having a, yeah. a little retail exchange here, um, but that means every time I leave the store i 've got to put it back in, and I often will want to give a direction to the dingus you know for what mm-hmm. i want what I want to be listening to, and that like store entrance is always busy, and i i can 't bring myself to do it like <laughs> and every <laughs> yeah. single time i think i should just get over this i really should but uh i i can't yeah i w- and i wonder if that's a generational
2: thing or if that's
0: i don't know i don't i see tons of people wearing them you know more yeah. and more every day it is clearly one of not just a good product that I like, but also a very successful product. Like it's gotten to the point, Amy, we were, we were out to dinner with friends last night and Amy even said that at a, at this point, sometimes she sees people with the wired ones and she's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Especially in winter. Like, and that's the other thing too. Like we're, it's April now, the weather, we've had a great month of weather here. Um, um, to put me in a good mood because of it. Um, but, having gone through winter now, I realized that for years, I really stopped listening or largely stopped listening to podcasts like while running errands in the winter because it was such a pain threading a cable you know where do you where do you put the thing? How do you do it? Mm-hmm. wearing a winter coat and listening to headphones was terrible uh, now it's not a problem, yeah. But the latency thing is super super impressive to me. Uh, it it just and again, it wasn't like the old ones had bad latency. They seemingly had the lowest latency of any wireless headphones I'd ever tried and I'd tried a few. Um but now it is almost it's gotten to the point where it's uncanny. Switching devices is also a lot more reliable. Like if yeah. you had them paired with your phone and now you want to switch to your iPad. That doesn't seem to sometimes that would just spin and spin and spin and it was like you had to had to do it over again
2: right right the only problem I can still have problems the only device I still have problems with is the mac uh, I find that i it'll work if I've recently logged out of an account logged out of the account and back in again or rebooted and then I'm not sure what there's probably some audio thing that I'm doing that it doesn't like and then it it won't see the airpods again after that whatever it is maybe it's it, podcasting
0: <laughs> there's a couple of utilities um so there's michael sai has one what's his air buddy
2: oh yeah i did hear about that i'm not sure if that fixes well, that problem no though.
0: air buddy is the one from speaking speaking of him, Garum rambo um i forget what michael Tsai says it's like i've got it up here in my menu bar i forget the name of it here oh tooth fairy So I guess I got to start putting these things in the show notes. So Tooth Fairy is a menu bar utility from Michael Tsai that I I think it makes it better switching it to your Mac, but I don't think it's great. I think AirBuddy from Garam Rambo is much, it's much better. Um, Have you ever tried it? No, I have not. So I think hit- I, when, I,
2: when I first read the description, I didn't think it was going to solve my particular problem, but maybe I was mistaken.
0: So AirBuddy works, makes it work. It, it really, I, I hate to say it, I mean, but it really works the way I think Apple should have made it work on the Mac, where you just open the case near your Mac and it shows up in a nice little animated window like the little slidey panel on iOS. And shows you the AirPods and it has a nice animation. And then there's a little button that says connect. And then you can connect. And mm-hmm. then they connect. And then that makes me wonder, how come on iOS they don't have a connect button? That's, that's like my, now my biggest complaint with the AirPods is like, let's say I have it paired with my phone and I want to switch to my iPad. Why can't I just open the case near the iPad and hit a connect button? Why do I have to go to settings and Bluetooth and, and stuff like that? Yeah. It's it 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 seems like it could be like the technology is all there. They just need the interface to make it easier to switch between devices. Mm-hmm. And shouldn't I maybe be able to tell my my say Siri Dingus? Shouldn't I just be able to say, "Hey Dingus, uh, switch <laughs> yeah. my AirPods to the to my iPad"? Right. And if I've only got one iPad, then it should do it. I, that would be really cool. It seems like something that they could do. Yeah.
2: This says he apparently has not updated everybody yet for AirPods
0: two, so it doesn't um, work with AirPods two.
2: Well, I, I think he did. He's not saying that, but he just doesn't hasn't tested huh. it out yet.
0: So. Yeah, and there is a preference in the in the window. It says enable for other W one headsets uh, and. AirPods are not a W1 headset anymore. They're the mm-hmm. the H1. H1 so maybe, yeah. maybe he's doing something at such a low level because he's so devilishly clever <laughs> that it doesn't work. I actually haven't haven't noticed. I don't really use my AirPods with my Mac very often, so that's one reason why I, I'm you know. So yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I guess I haven't even tried it.
2: It's definitely the device I use it with the least, so right. th- that's why I still uh, enjoy the experience so much. But it does every once in a while I do want
0: to use it, and it and it often stumbles. Yeah, uh, I use it for, of course, for watching baseball games on the iPad. Uh, your Seattle Mariners, wow, what a yeah. what an opening to the season they had. <laughs>
2: You don't care? <laughs> it's pretty good. I do. No, I care, but I, I've been hurt too many times.
0: <laughs> so. Uh, so they opened the season with 20 straight games where they hit a home run in every game, which yeah. is, uh, I think, broke the major league record. You would think the Yankees would have that record, but now the Mariners do. Yeah. I have a lot of stupid ideas about sports teams that are that are based on just the, the branding and attitude of the teams from when I was a child. Uh-huh. Like, like, I feel that the Miami Dolphins should always be a team that, that has a good passing game. But that's just because they <laughs> had Dan Marino when I was a kid. Right. And But that's just what I think. Right. Right. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys should always have a, a superstar running back. That's just, I just feel like that's the way it should be. The Seattle Mariners, to me, should always be a team full of, like, 300-pound sluggers who can hit the ball 500 feet. <laughs> like, they may or may not be good. They're probably yeah. not going to win the World <laughs> Series, but they are going to—they are going to hit the hell out of the baseball. That's just to me that Mariners should always be a very hard slugging baseball team. Yeah,
2: well, and they have a park for it too,
0: right? So,
2: right, I do whatever think the that- it's, whatever the hell it's called this year, um, <laughs> T-Mobile Park. Yeah, God,
0: that's the worst. Th- that
2: <laughs> rolls trippingly off the tongue. Oh my god did you i mean i wasn't a, i wasn't a huge fan of Safeco field to begin with either, but we got used to that and now i got to get used to something else see
0: that 's the is thing just about super the, annoying that's the thing about selling these naming rights is yeah, it 's bad enough you know when it just goes to some crappy bank yeah. uh, but they, they switch it around and then mm-hmm. you forget what they 're called like our uh our, i don't i i, I think it 's the wells fargo center now yeah that 's our philadelphia's uh like hockey and basketball arena mm mm-hmm. But it's changed names at least three or four times since it opened. And it's often not because it's like – because these banks merge and then the bank who had the naming rights doesn't even exist anymore. So they have to change it. Because <laughs> they spent all their money on advertising. Right? It was. <laughs> I, And I, I kid you not. I think it was – I forget what it opened as uh, – I forget the name of the bank when it first opened, but then they got bought, bought by a bank called First Union, and it was already called the whatever Center, and I guess they wanted to keep the Center name. So I swear, for at least five or six years, it was the First Union Center (FUC). <laughs> like, who would who <laughs> thinks that's a good name? That's crazy. Can't have a curse word <laughs> for the initials.
2: <laughs> they tried. They they kept trying to call it like the announcers would. which kept trying to call it the safe. <laughs> Like, no, that did not that did not catch on. Uh, And now it's, you know, fine, because it's now something else. But then you have to use that. Now, I guess they have to use the like the I haven't been up there since they changed the name, but they have to use the T-Mobile colors, I guess. Which is pink, which is, you know,
0: it doesn't really go well with the (laughs) doesn't go well with anything, particularly in baseball. But, oh, man, you know what they call uh, Comiskey Park now where the White Sox play. It's it is called Guaranteed Rate Field. Oh yeah, that's right. I swear to God, that's the name of the stadium. Guaranteed Rate Field. I get, that's just one of those things where like you're like a White Sox executive. You got to sell the rates. The Guaranteed Rate <laughs> is on line one. And they give you the number, you know, and it's a good number. It's the biggest number you got. And you just sit there at a table and you're looking at, you're looking at drawings of the sign guaranteed rate field. (laughs) You're imagining the announcers welcoming you to guaranteed rate field 81 times a year.
2: The one thing that we have that is that I absolutely adore and get just like a ridiculous thrill out of every single time I go by, uh, formerly Safeco Field is, uh, there's a name renamed a street Edgar martinez drive Mm, that's good and i that is um i think that's delightful yeah and then see and and that should always you know or at least for a long long time will be Edgar martinez drive he did not pay for those rights guaranteed (laughs) guaranteed
0: rate avenue (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> until until
0: guaranteed rate buys it up right and then it's just in small parentheses until, <laughs> until, yeah until cities just your...
2: start selling off the names to everything <laughs> and then every street will change every 10
0: years yeah um <laughs> that
2: won't be confusing
0: no not at all uh so anyway i'm glad you have the new airpods i'm glad you like them i'm glad i'm not alone in lotus i i like i tried talking to amy about the latency and she, she i get she just put them in her ears <laughs> yeah She's like, whatever, right? Right. I don't. Want to. Shut up, nerd. <laughs> do you? Did you get the uh, wireless charging pad version?
2: I did not because I'm still. I still do not have a wirelessly charging phone, so mm. I'm still using an SE. Right. Uh, and and um, I thought, well, I'll I'll kick that can down the road and see see what happens because i'm not going to run out and buy a wireless charging pad just for like my my earphones
0: amy asked me what to buy and i told her to get the wireless one just because it seemed to me like for 30 bucks why not just get it right even though she doesn't have she has a phone that could use a wireless charging pad but doesn't have one set up anywhere like i've got one bedside but she doesn't want one she's just got like cables uh
2: really yeah, I got I got Karen a wireless charging pen. She absolutely loves it.
0: I she probably would like it, so I probably should just buy her one. Yeah, I, I'm I mean, just they're a fir- cheap now too. Yeah, they really are. Um, well, but now it's like that was part of the thing with Air Power. The dream was that you would know which one to buy, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it probably wasn't going to be cheap, and so no, it was certainly not going to be cheap. Uh, but at le- I do- <laughs> particularly when it burned your house down. The idea of it, though, it, it it was so appealing, and in hindsight, now that they've officially canceled it, and it's no longer like it, years for for five years, it was it was a dream. I don't know. It seems like it was a long time ago, but in hindsight, though, especially now that I have this, uh, it not just the watch. Like I had the watch, and you know, obviously it has to charge inductively because uh, it only charges that way. And I had a, I have my watch charger over on a dresser apart from my bed. And then I've got a thing there for my phone right next to my bed. Uh, and now that I've got this third thing that can charge that way, it seems like it would be so perfect to just have one thing yeah. right there next to my bed and I could put all three of them on it. And that would be great. I. I Long story short, I just don't, I haven't, other than to try it and see if it works, I don't really charge it wirelessly. I just do what I did with the old one And if it seems like it's low, put it on the lightning and it charges so fast that by the time I want to listen to something, even if it's 10 minutes later, it's good to go. Right. Yeah.
2: She, well, she, the one I gave her is the one that like an anchor that stands up mm-hmm. and, and so she has it next to her desk. And yeah. that is, for her, it's awesome because as she's working, she can just tap on it. It'll open up by i by looking at I, her face, and then she can do whatever she wants to do. The right.
0: Frame. I have that one on my desk, too. Or maybe, I don't know if it's the same one, but I have an anchor stand-up one on my desk. And I actually like it better than a lay-down pad. Yeah, and and not just in terms of like the ergonomics of hey, it can actually see your face and you can use it and you could look at the screen and poke at it, but it I never misplace it on the mat. Whereas the one I have bedside, the old, uh, mm-hmm. I still every once in a while wake up in the morning and I'm you know got no charge because I uh, screwed it up, didn't put it on the pad right. correctly, right? Yeah. Because that was also part of the dream of <laughs> of Air Power was a non finicky. uh yeah, non finicky yeah, yeah,
2: any of the devices anywhere. Right.
1: Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> all right. Turns well, out
2: laying those coils on top of each other doesn't work so well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, well, it, I just posted right before we started. I, you probably didn't read it because I posted like this is why I postponed our show. As I posted a piece on the the Galaxy Fold, and oh, yeah. <laughs> and I mentioned AirPower, you know, to compare and contrast the companies. We'll get to that in, in a okay. bit, but. Uh, i actually posted i used the headline i want to know what you think i should have checked with you beforehand i actually i used the headline (laughs) this is my headline know when to fold them yeah was it worth it for the pun or is that awful yeah why not all right I might you're
2: not the first first to make that pun i'll I'll say that but it's a it's it's a it's
0: a solid pun it's so obvious though right that's the problem i might be asking the wrong person (laughs) all right let me take a break here and thank our first sponsor New sponsor: very excited about this. I love new sponsors. Express VPN. Look, VPNs can protect you from cyber crime. You can get hacked. It's all sorts of bad stuff that can happen on an open network. But there's other things, too, in addition to security, just plain old, good old-fashioned privacy a VPN can really help with. You know your your ISP might be might be sniffing your traffic. They sell ads, they they track you and stuff like that. VPN totally protects you from that. So it's not just crime, hacking, that sort of thing, but just plain old-fashioned privacy. A VPN can protect you. Express VPN secures and anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. That's a big thing. You go to a website, they know your public IP address. It gives up a lot of information about you. Uh, use VPN, you're protected. They have easy to use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone and tablet. You set it up easy to set up. And once it's set up, it just works. You don't have to worry about it. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click or tap. Using it you can safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. It protects you when you do something like go to a coffee shop and you're on a public Wi-Fi and, you know, you get like that warning or the question mark that says like, hey, this thing isn't, this, this Wi-Fi network isn't even uh, secure. You have ExpressVPN, you are protected. It's less than $7 a month and you could start using it. It's rated the number one VPN service by Tech Radar, and it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Protect your online activity today, and find out how you can get three months free at ExpressVPN.com/tts. That's ExpressVPN.com/tts. TTS for the talk show. You get three months free with a one-year package if you follow that URL. My thanks to ExpressVPN. What else? Uh, what else have I so, missed? <laughs> well,
2: well, did you get yourself a Galaxy Fold?
0: No, just... <laughs> I did not. I'm uh, surprisingly not on the uh, on the list of reviewers huh. for the, for Galaxy devices. I could probably get it, you know. You I, probably could. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I well, could. Well, not now, but <laughs> no, no, not now. Uh, friend of the show and 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 oftentimes guest Je- Joanna Stern wrote a a non-review of the Galaxy Fold, just more or less excoriating Samsung for having given reviewers something that was so clearly uh, unfinished product. Uh, just absolutely scathing. Uh, it, it's hard to overstate. Like, I, I, at some level, I, like I, what I tried to write about today is at some level, the whole thing feels like a joke. Like, ha-ha, Samsung, you know, they tried to sell a $2,000 phone that folds, and when you fold it, it breaks after a day or two. Uh, at some level, it is kind of funny. But there is something something profoundly wrong happened with that device, or in the company with that device. Like, how did that get out the door? Yeah. Well, it seemed like
2: they thought that they needed to ship one. And somebody else's, was it LG?
0: No, it's a Huawei, uh, I think.
2: Huawei. I Which I Huawei. think
0: makes it worse because it's... Uh, the up and comer, right? Huawei is sort of the one of the, you know, uh, maybe one of the companies that really is putting Samsung in a bad place in China, you know, Or well, not maybe there's no maybe about it. Let me take right, that they back. Definitely are. Yeah. All right. And so they're they're
2: shipping one. That means we have to have one, too.
0: Right. We have to be first. Yeah. You know, and I guess I understand the goal of wanting to be first. And I totally get like I've been a, a, opposed to this device ever since they showed it just based on the, just the physical aspects of it. The fact that it's roughly two regular phones thick when folded, uh, and doesn't even fold when you do fold it. If you look at it sideways, you know, like looking at the spine of a book, it, it does it, the the two halves don't even meet neatly. They're sort of in a wedge shape. It's, it's so uh, the folding part of it is so ungainly. Um, there's a part of me that really is annoyed that, that Samsung, the company that spent an awful lot of time making fun of notches in phones, (laughs) put an incredibly ugly notch on this phone. Yeah. Uh, Asymmetric (laughs) off in the corner. Uh, It's a bad design, but I'll I'll just concede though that uh, I like Apple style products. I mean this is not it might seem like a statement of the obvious given what I do, what I write about, what I talk about. But there is an Apple aesthetic and there always has been and it's not even like it's the same aesthetic, right? Like the the uh the 1984 Mac style didn't look like a 1998 uh original iMac, right, totally different in every way, you know, use of curves, use of rectangles, the plastics, all this aluminum and glass stuff they've had for the last 10 to 15 years, different. But I just mean, though, that it's a company that at a very deep cultural level wants to ship beautiful objects, right? You know, and and there's that oft 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 quoted Steve Jobs line that design. So most people think design is what it looks like. It's not design is how it works. Um, but even that said, that true design is how it works, or the hard part of design is how it works. Let's face it, Apple and Steve Jobs like to ship objects that look good. <laughs> Right. Sure. It's it. What he really should have said is it's not just what it looks like. It's also how it works. But, you know, he's Steve. He was Steve Jobs. So, of course, he wasn't going to (laughs) wasn't going to put like a caveat. Yeah. No caveats from Steve Jobs. (laughs) Um, There's a reason why I'm not as oft quoted as Steve Jobs. (laughs) It's all the caveats. (laughs) That should be my middle name, my new nickname, Caveat. That would be a cool nickname, Caveat. Uh, But you know what I mean? Like, you just... I I don't know. If I'm going to carry a phone around all day, I want it to be a device that I think looks good, you know? Uh, I care about stuff like that. Although
2: I don't think this... I mean, I think anybody who reasonably looked at this phone would not come away with the conclusion that you're going to use this as your daily phone i mean i just don't it seemed like it was a prototype that was shipped to uh, satisfy just just to say first right
0: like a a comment yeah yeah, like a comment right right Right. yeah Uh,
2: and and they and they have a history of shipping wacky features that aren't well developed right in order to do them and say that they've done it And this is another possibly more high profile instance of that.
0: Yeah. So what I'm trying to get to is that maybe subject subjectively, I think it's an ugly device that never should have shipped anywhere close to looking like this personally. But I will admit that maybe for Samsung, that that's fine. That's fine for Samsung and that there are. Other people with consumers with tastes very different than mine who are so taken by the novelty of this and maybe mm. and let 's say I, it, in theory it is a very useful idea it 's an interesting idea to have a big screen that can be folded into a smaller screen for pocketability you know it in theory, the basic idea of devices that that can be smaller and stretched or folded or whatever else from science fiction rolled up you know uh you know there's a reason that all, all the off-sided science fiction sources with foldable tablet type things are they always look cool right the west world tablets l- look super cool yeah and it seems like it would be super useful so i can totally see how somebody would be um it, maybe i'm you know maybe my opinion that it looks ugly doesn't matter and if they could have made it work as exactly as promised this would have been fine for samsung even at $2000 maybe um but let's put that aside what it actually is is a device that clearly doesn't work like it is almost mind-boggling that it, you know it wasn't just one reviewer it seemed like most of them it, it broke after a day or two, like completely yeah. broke. Yeah. Like how and not do...
2: just and not just the ones who peeled off the <laughs> right <laughs> the plastic covering right. that looked like a screen protector that was actually supposed to be part of the screen.
0: I forget whose YouTube video did it and I I don't know. I I maybe it was MKBHD uh but he actually was pointing out that not only does it look like something you're supposed to peel, Samsung itself ships its other flagship phones with a thing that looks like this that you peel. And then he cut to, like, his review <laughs> of, like, the last thing where he, you know, was unboxing it and peeling off the thing. <laughs> uh yeah, that's just, when you when they decided they needed to put that screen on it. It really seems like maybe that was part you know part of the process there where that should have gone up the chain of hey we might not be ready this mm-hmm. might not be ready this now might be a good idea. Uh, <laughs> it, it 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 there must have been people engineers and quality control. There must have been people inside Samsung who knew that this was going to happen, that these things weren't going to work. And yet the company was full steam ahead, giving out review units. Uh, They had press events that they canceled yesterday because they were, I guess, in Korea where they were going to have, you know, briefings. And they would until yesterday, they were planning to start selling these things Friday, (laughs) this Friday. I mean, I don't know what the actual failure rate is. Like, let's say if they sent a thousand, the first thousand of them that they made and they put them into people's hands, how many of them were going to fail? Maybe the reviewers just it was just bad luck that so many of them failed. But clearly, it seems like,
2: though, like if you have enough of them that fail after a day. I mean you know some of some phones you like you can't test like you can't test something that for a year right you can't right. test it right. necessarily for that amount of time before deciding whether or not you can ship it so you don't know if there's some sort of defect that's going to crop up in a year after regular use but <laughs> you can definitely test it for 24 to 48 hours
0: Lord. right like how could they not how could they not have been using it themselves in some number of them inside the company, even if it doesn't leave, you know, like you don't leave campus with it. You come in in the day, but you, your, your phone, once you get to work is, is a, you know, a pre-production galaxy fold, how, how <laughs> it had to have, somebody had to have known. And there is, I, I really do mean this. I, I don't think there's any other way around it. Like in theory, it could have been a, bad batch that was sent out to reviewers. But if that were the case and Samsung were confident that it was just a a fluke that, you know, this batch, you know, that we sent over, they, like all these reviewers got them from the same batch. If they looked at the numbers and thought, hey, that batch was bad, they would have sent the reviewers ones from a different production batch. If they, you know, I mean, it happens that you get a review unit that doesn't work for other, you know, even with Apple products, you know.
2: Yeah, there was a there was an early problem with the watch, right? I yeah I a had taptic, I, it was a Taptic engine
0: yeah I had a I had a watch review unit that the Taptic engine failed after a day yeah and Apple provided me you know the same day um uh with a replacement and the mm-hmm. replacement didn't fail <laughs> and yeah. you know I mentioned it but in my was, review and then they but, they
2: had they were having problems with one supplier and they cut that yeah. supplier and that was one of the reasons why yeah. it was harder harder to get uh, yeah. a watch early on
0: yeah and I you know and they were very very keen. Uh, I mean, number one, they were embarrassed, you know, and they knew I was going to mention it. You know, it's, you know, that every any any company would be, you know, you don't want a reviewer to get a thing that fails. Um, But, you know, they didn't try to sandbag it at all, but they were all very, very keen. I think they were just as keen to get me a replacement ASAP as they were to get their hands on my one that failed ASAP. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Like, I don't know what the fastest way of getting a broken watch from Philadelphia back to Cupertino is, but that watch took it <laughs> like I, that, Courier, that express. Yeah. Car. That, that thing was guy on with, way a back. guy
2: with a briefcase and uh, that's chained to his wrist.
0: Yeah. that That's a perfect example though. Cause there's one that uh, me personally experienced where I had uh, the first generation Apple watch, my review unit, the Taptic engine literally broke after a day and it was sort of, it faded away right? Like, it was like, at first, it didn't seem right. It just seemed like, hmm, I could have sworn when I had the hands on time that those the taps were better than this. And then it seemed to get worse. And then it was like, this is definitely getting worse. And that I got into contact with them before it actually broke. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I really don't think I'm nuts. I, I think that the taptic engine is failing on this unit. And then they were like, well, we'll send a guy down from New York, you know, you know, will you be home in an hour? And I was like, I don't think you can get here in an hour. <laughs> Damn. If they didn't get here in an hour somehow, it's like a 90 minute train ride. Helicopter. Yeah. Uh, but, but in between then in between saying like, I really think I need a different unit. And when they got here, it was completely dead. And, and uh yeah, that happens. I don't, this is obviously not that type of situation. You know, it, it, this is a device that clearly never, never should have been launched. Uh, I thought it was. I said it, and I think that it seems so. It, the human, we're not meant to deal with ex, extraordinary exceptions, right? A, a perfect here, per firsthand, uh, a, a week ago when the news broke that uh, Notre Dame Cathedral was on fire and might catastrophic fire. I, I thought, well, that can't happen, right? Oh yeah. I mean, that's why we all—that's why TV is it. TV is such an extraordinary thing because then you turn on the TV and you see that it is, and it really helps. Whereas if I had only heard that, I would have thought, well, that it can't be that bad. It's probably like a little, little little fire in the corner of the attic or something, you know. <laughs> you. <laughs> You, he, <laughs> Does it have an attic? <laughs> it did. No, it did have an attic, did, and that's actually where the fire started. Anymore, I guess no, not anymore. It no longer yeah. has an attic, and I believe that when they rebuild it, it'll have a different, different attic. <laughs>
1: uh, Fireproof attic.
0: I don't want to go off. We have too many other things to talk yeah, about, yeah. but I've, I did read some stuff there, and there was a bit of wishful thinking as opposed to. It, it, and apparently that wasn't unique, that there's a lot of old cathedrals that are fire traps, uh, hmm. just because they, you know, it's very old. It was, what, yeah, 800 years old? Uh, you know, the fire standards weren't quite up to right. snuff then. And they were, the church was long resistant to putting in, they had smoke detectors, but they were long resistant to putting in, like, sprinklers and electrical stuff up there, because they thought maybe just putting the, string the electronic the, the wiring might, might cause the fire. Um, no, but there was some guy, so many of the experts in news articles speak in such mealy ways. And then there's somebody, I like it when they get somebody who just says it and they they got some guy who was like an expert on fire safety. And he just said flat out, if it wasn't a cathedral, it would have been condemned, uh, you know, decades ago. (laughs) condemned <laughs> should tear it down <laughs> right if it was any other yeah. type of building it would have been yeah. condemned uh yeah <laughs> anyway uh but i think then when the, when those reviews broke last week when it wasn't even reviews people it was so early on in the process that it was tweets because nobody you know everybody had only had it for a day or two and and german's broke and german's the one who at least was the first i saw who kind of explained the whole screen protector thing <laughs> he showed that picture i loved it the picture he showed he's like this is the thing they said i wasn't supposed to take off it just looked like a piece of garbage <laughs> it didn't look like he took off a piece of a phone it looked like like a like a wrapper from a sandwich <laughs> did you see it it was
2: that's oh. a good question is the galaxy full the sandwich <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because it folds more like a hot dog. Well, Joanna Stern <laughs> put a hot dog in it in her video. <laughs> she put a hot dog in it. Why not? I guess you know. Yeah, it, you might as well use it for something. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that some people saw those tweets, and it was obviously the you know the the little hubbub of the day because it seemed extraordinary. You know, any one of them it would have been interesting. Like, hey, here's a guy who got a a bum review unit of this foldable phone, but it was a bunch of them. I I wrote, and I I wasn't being hyperbolic. I was like, this thing is not going to ship, it, and I think that some people took that as me sort of exaggerating. Like I said, being hyperbolic, but I meant it. I just think it was it's so hard to fathom that a company of Samsung size and a ver- it would would ship a high profile device that never should have shipped. Yeah, but it seemed very clear at that point that that's exactly what had happened. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I mean it. It seems like this technology will be there someday, but it's. I, I guess we'll see what the what the Huawei one is like. But it, yeah. and it seemed that one seemed a little bit
0: better looking. It definitely seemed better looking. I, I, in theory, I like the idea of one that folds outwards so that there's part of what I find distasteful about the greatly distasteful about the design of the Galaxy Fold is that there's the main screen inside mm-hmm. that you open it up and you've got this sort of squarish screen yeah. but then when you fold it because it folds inside there's a, another screen on the outside there's a crappier and smaller screen right crappier screen bad specs yeah it huge huge bezels like the biggest bezels on any phone in the iphone era um because it's obviously it's meant to be secondary I just find it distasteful. Yeah. It's just, you know, whereas only having one screen and when folded it's phone size and when unfolded it's tablet size seems better. But on the other hand, design wise, it seems very, uh, uh, (laughs) dangerous to have the screen on the outside of both sides. And (laughs) uh, (laughs) therefore you can't put it in a case. I'm not really a case person. I I've, so I've, I've started taking cases with me when I travel and we go on vacation and I, when I'm using my phone more as a camera than a phone, because it's like our, I actually really enjoy having a, a case that gives it a bit more grip. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. It I, seems you know, like often when you're holding it in the camera style, you're holding it on the edges with your fingertips yeah. And, yeah. and then you have to push the screen or, or, I mean, you can hit the button, but you can you usually push the screen in order. And I'm always afraid I'm going to pop it out of my hand.
0: Yeah, I, I I like that. I like it using a case for that. But, it, you know, without going on a whole tangent about why everybody puts their phones in screens, everybody puts their phones in screens effectively. You know, for some reasonable value of something close to everybody, everybody puts their phones, whether they're Android phones or iPhones, they put them in cases. Mm-hmm. So I don't see how that that Huawei design is. I I get the novelty of it and why people would look at it. And if it works, (laughs) if it actually works and doesn't break, people would say, wow, that's cool. But I feel like at, at a fundamental level, I don't know that that'll ever be popular. Yeah. So I kind of get why Samsung put the fold inside. Yeah, and you can't. I, I, I mean, just you think,
2: really can't put that phone, the, the Huawei one, in a case at all, right? Because there's like, I don't see how. I don't see how you'd be, you'd be how you covering up the could. screen, and then when you go to unfold right. it to use the the feature with that you paid two thousand dollars for, right. you'd have to fumble with some sort of cover to get it off before right. you could use
0: it. You, yeah, and however bad the crease is. However, noticeable the crease is when it's open. If you have like a clear case over the (laughs) the one half of it, (laughs) that like you're not going to be able to touch on that side. And I mean, it you can't use it with a case, so I don't see how. I'm not sure how practical that is in the real world. Uh, The whole thing just both, even both, uh, even admitting that the Huawei one does look better, it doesn't seem practical and doesn't seem like something real people would actually buy in large numbers. It all just seems like, hey, we've got these screens that can fold <laughs> right. in a cool way. <laughs> let's <use them>. Why, <laughs> let's use them. Let's really let's make a phone that you can fold. Let's make a screen you can fold in half. Yeah, again, sounds cool, but I, I doesn't make for a good product. I, I I think the answer is probably not. Yeah, but I still think the meta the meta story of how in the world in what is the, what was the story like inside Samsung where this. Either wasn't noticed at any level, which seems impossible. I, I mean, but if that's the case, that's dreadful. That they nobody they built this and nobody used it. Or I think more likely that there was serious uh, concerns raised, if not if not outright protestations that <laughs> hey, this shouldn't be built or <laughs> shipped from engineering and quality control. And maybe at the production level, like maybe their pre-production prototypes didn't fail this way. But then once they went into actual production, the ones coming off the line obviously didn't. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what happened with AirPower, by the way. Do you remember the stories? There were a couple of stories in January that the AirPower had entered production. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we all thought, hey, we're going to get these things, right, that they've entered production. I don't have any sources who confirm this. I've heard, talked to several people who worked on AirPower early on, uh, not recently. But I actually think it probably did enter production. Like, I think the long story short of AirPower was that they they had an idea. They thought they would ship it. Uh, I think that those reports, by the way, there are other reports that that there was a company Apple acquired after they announced it that was the company that they were relying on for the technology. I think that's true that they acquired that company then, but they, they already had people working on air power before that. Mm-hmm. They didn't, they, they did not get up there.
2: <laughs> and then now a product and then say, okay,
0: now we got to go buy something to make this. Yeah. Um, but they did hit effectively hit a reset button and do like a redesign months and months after they announced it. Yeah. And let's well, they, start they, over. And they went with, Qi after, because it originally wasn't Qi, right? No, it was always Qi. No, if if I I should rewatch that whole thing, it was always Qi compatible, but it was more than Qi. So you would have been able, right, with the Phil Schiller's demonstrated model on stage at that iPhone event. It they said it's Qi compatible, so any Qi device that you would have put on it would would have charged. It's just that they were adding more than Qi, yeah. so that they could have the bigger sweet spots uh, and support the watch, which doesn't and still doesn't support Qi. The, whatever the watch does is Apple Something Watch
1: else,
0: yeah. unique. You know, it may be very similar to Qi, but it's not Qi. There is, to my knowledge, there's no Qi pad you can put an Apple Watch on and have it charge, and nor could you. And I think that they got far enough along. That they thought maybe you know maybe this will work and then it went into production like i think they got a design that they thought they could that that might work and then it got into real production and at that point it it uh, you know either didn't work or was unfeasible like this is there's too many of these that are failing it's too expensive mm-hmm. you know um uh, at, at you know it it, it, it's a screwed up story it's embarrassing for apple but at some level the system worked right they didn't ship charging pads that caught fire or got (laughs) hot or broke after a day you know they made a a, uh they made a optimistic a wishful thinking era by announcing it before it was ready as on the assumption that they they knew that they had technical hurdles left to solve but they figured ah, we'll we'll, Apple, we'll figure it out yeah And never actually shipped it Like something really screwed up happened within Samsung That the, whatever, you know Like I said, there had to be be People in Samsung who knew that this wasn't going to work (laughs) (laughs) And yet Either they passed it up the chain And it was ignored by executives At a high enough level to make the decision That we, nah We still want to be first Or maybe their culture is such That people were afraid to pass it up the chain You know I, you know, the, the chairman of Samsung was the one who unveiled it. You know, maybe nobody wants to tell him, you know, you stood up and and unveiled a phone that we shouldn't
1: ship. It seems uh,
2: like a company, I, like an organization. I don't know. I mean, I, that's possible, I guess. But it seems like that would be something that would be a problem constantly. I don't know. Even, but more, even is, more than the, the two notable instances of the last, whatever it was, four years, three or four right. years. But...
0: Well, maybe it is just, the company maybe they just
2: scramble around so much in the background to
0: to make it right. work that uh, it
2: does. They do get away with
0: that. It is the company that that shipped the Note Seven, which exploded right. and had to be recalled in a multi-billion-dollar recall. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you know, an exploding phone is obviously a far bigger problem than a phone that just doesn't yeah, work. and shipped it and shipped to lots of customers. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was a huge it was you know it was tons of them, and they they kind of I was just reading about it to to refresh my memory. They kind of bungled it too, where they were late to really just give throw in the towel and just recall them all. They were saying, "We've got a new supplier for batteries, so if you you know your serial number is in this you know big range, send it back to us and we'll put a good battery in." And then they figured out the good batteries. The whole thing. Wasn't really the batteries. <laughs> it was just just an unfeasible design. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't want that job. Like <laughs> I wouldn't I I wouldn't want I wouldn't. I wouldn't want could you imagine being like an engineer at, at Apple at the level of where if you make a mistake, your work is such like you're 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 designing the connection between the lithium-ion battery and the rest of the phone. And if you really screw up iPhones might catch on fire.
2: If I'm designing that connection, there's already something wrong with your organization. (laughs)
0: Right. (laughs) Something deeply, deeply wrong. I, you know, but some people have those jobs and and I I salute them. Yeah. Um, But the stakes are high, right? I mean, it's it's not just at the personal level of feeling bad if somebody's leg catches fire or they get burned, (laughs) but – Right, I mean, you would. I'd feel terrible if my if if I a bug in my software caused somebody's leg to to get a burn. Uh, but you know, just in terms of also the importance to the company, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a really I, I this. It, it's fascinating. Like I, I would just love to know how far up the chain this got and where. How I'd love to, you know, see the meeting where it was decided we're going to send these out to reviewers and ship it on Friday anyway yeah mind boggling all right I guess I should take a break that seems like a natural natural break. I thank our next sponsor it's our good friends at squarespace squarespace that's where you go to build a website. You need a website start at squarespace. It is the easiest way to start a website to update a website to keep going with a website, adding content adding Stuff like blog, if you want to have a blog on your website, you use Squarespace not just to design the blog and start it, but then you can use it to do the actual blog entries and the writing. You want to start a podcast? You can host it on Squarespace. I think hosting your own website, whether it's a personal website, your company, uh, an organization you're involved with, some kind of, you know. Local organization, something like that. Having your own website is so important, and I really think it. Maybe in the last ten years, a lot of people shifted all of their online stuff to social media, um, like Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. And that stuff, you know, is still important. It hasn't gone away. But I think everything we've seen with, especially Facebook in particular, having that be your only online presence and being reliant on them, it's putting something very important outside your control. You have a website at Squarespace, everything's under your control from the design to the update to how everything looks and you get great analytics and stats. It's just a great service. You get great customer service and you pay amazingly low prices. It's really great. I recommend it thoroughly. Next time you need a website or next time somebody who knows you and knows that you're a nerd who knows how to make websites, asks you for help with a website, send them to Squarespace. And when you do, send them to squarespace.com slash talkshow. Squarespace.com slash talkshow. You get a free trial. And then when you do sign up, just remember that same code, squarespace.com slash talkshow. And the code talkshow. No the, just talkshow. And you'll get 10% off your first purchase. My thanks to Squarespace for continuing to support this podcast. All right. What about all these rumors, man? I guess yeah. we got to get to that. Holy smokes! And talk about another one where I think the meta story behind it is fascinating. Yeah, and I, I don't know it, but man, who who and how these things leaked all to one person, Gar Rambo, who writes at uh, Nine to Five Mac. Uh, like it's not like a whole bunch of stuff leaked to a whole bunch of people or a couple of people because that never happens with Apple. Apple leaks you know, I, I keep, it's hard to remember a time when there were lots of leaks to lots of sources. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, they keep a close enough lid, but like you can never, they can never seem to keep it completely sealed. And there's always like one or two people out there who are getting leaks. You know, last couple of years would be Mark German. Um, now though, Guillermo Rambo. Wow. It, it, uh, I don't even know where to start. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well, it seems like he picked apart iOS 13 and Mac OS 10.15, right? I mean, right. Yeah. So it's
0: iOS 13. Most of the leaks, it it does seem it, it, some of the clues, it's not all, uh, there's no hardware, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Um, just, it's both those operating systems. So it's all software and maybe a little on the services side. Uh, I don't think he has his hands on either of those pieces of software. Uh, okay, uh, and it, you know because it seems like some people are wondering
2: if he somehow managed to get a copy.
0: I we I I wondered. Yeah, I still don't know. It's right. and he's obviously uh, protecting. His source, of course, because, because if he, well, yeah. he weren't, that source would dry up very quickly. <laughs> what we'll source is. It may be sources. Like one of the things that's extraordinary about it is that he knows he's he's revealed a whole bunch of items across iOS thirteen and mac OS ten point fifteen. God, it, that's getting so It's unwieldy. really hard to say that, yeah. It is I really <laughs> the, wish that they would just drop the ten, 10, the 10 and just uh, uh and again, I knew this was going to happen. By the way, just as an aside, when they switched to naming the Mac OS versions, I knew that I would soon start forgetting which one's which. Right? Oh yeah. Like, you know, and they—they've always had the nicknames for them. You know, like uh, for some reason, I remember that ten point four was Tiger. Uh, or was it lying actually now i don't yeah,
1: know. No, yeah i'm not sure i wanted <laughs> I to say it was, that was
2: 10.5 but i don't
0: yeah uh, there was cheetah and panther and uh, and cheetah was a real lie because cheetah is of course the fastest animal on the planet <laughs> and it, it was mac os 10 was dreadfully slow right. at the time <laughs> just unpa- painfully painfully slow But at
2: the time it was easier for me it was easier to remember the cats just because Everybody knows the cats I mean a lot of the I like I've never been to these places <laughs> so <Right. laughs> it's harder for me to picture in my mind oh that version is this place in California. I can
0: all you know numbers they go in order (laughs) and then you can sit there you can figure (laughs) out and and once you know the numbers you can sort of count backwards on your hand and go back to the year you know you can you know do a little subtraction there and you can get a year like at this point I'm uh, there's like was there was I know the new one is Mojave and all my Macs are now on Mojave so I know that name but like what was Sierra was there a Sierra and then there was a high Sierra
2: Sierra and then high Sierra sure but i can't remember I, if it went c did it go high sierra
0: mojave <laughs> I, I, el, el cap there was el capitan el, yeah but that, and i think that was after yosemite i think i've got it i guess i'm i guess it's all coming back there was yosemite and then el cap is the mountain in yosemite and so they used that okay
2: so here we go okay yeah <laughs> mavericks yosemite el capitan sierra high sierra
0: mojave uh, see, Mavericks forgot that yeah. one completely. Totally forgot yeah. that one. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> it, it, the the breadth of the leaks that Guillaume Rambo has is extraordinary. I don't think, and I could be wrong, I. But from what I understand, I have friends at Apple. It, I don't think there are many people at Apple who know about all of the things that he leaked. I it's there's a, you know, famously compartmentalized company that one of the ways that they keep things under wraps is that teams don't talk to other teams about what they're doing unless they're working together, you know, mm-hmm. if, if they need to talk about it, but you don't, it's not like everybody who goes and works, people might be, you know, uh, going and working on important new tentpole features of iOS 13, or features to specifically support the new iPhones coming out in 2019, you know, big important stuff for the company that gets the attention at the very highest executive levels. They don't know like all the features that are going on in the Mac (laughs) for the same year. It's just not how the company works. Like I really just don't think there are many people who have access to this, Uh, the breadth of information that he published. Yeah.
2: And these are uh, yeah, so cause these m- are these are kind of all over the place. I mean, it's all software and, basically, but it's um but.
0: some of the people some of the people who do know all of these things are people like at the, the highest levels yeah. of Phil Schiller's group <laughs> and Craig Federighi's group. <laughs> right. I don't think like <laughs> those Craig those Federighi's <laughs> right-hand, you know, top executive you know, managers underneath him are leaking these things to nine to five Mac. No. <laughs> like, and I would guess that those people, uh, like Craig Federighi and Phil Schiller are angry <laughs> about <laughs> how these things leak. Right.
2: They would probably, uh, I, well, yeah. I mean, so if it's one person, they would know the person.
0: I, I'd, I, 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 guess it was two years ago. I think when I asked, phil schiller on stage at wwdc which i guess i should talk about uh, is my live show at wwdc are you coming by the way i might need you
2: <laughs> well you, you uh, let me know if you need <laughs> that will determine whether or not i'm coming
0: <laughs> uh, it was two years ago all right federighi and phil schiller were on together and i asked something about the leaks and and that this really bothers you guys and and phil really got emotional and he's very cool on in that show like he he's very laid back but when he starts talking about leaks he 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 can't help himself he gets very angry and like and i really think he means it i really think he means it that one of the big reasons that he gets upset is that he thinks about all of the individual teams who have been working sometimes for multiple years on something kept it under wraps and we're looking forward to having the world learn about their work in just the right way, the way that Apple wants to unveil it on stage in an event with the explanation of what it is, why they're doing it, how it works, what it looks like done in the way that Apple thinks is gives the biggest pop and the most puts it in the most accurate light. And then to have that spoiled, you know, it, it just makes him angry because, you know, he he's he'd- I, I really believe that. I really believe yeah, that, yeah. you know. Um, I've And it always happens. It always happens when there's a big leak thing like this where somebody, I've seen it on Twitter, where there's people who think, I think Apple did this on purpose to get people excited about WWDC. There's no way all of this would leak if <laughs> if they didn't want it to. <laughs> and all I can say is, I mean, I can't disprove that, but... No, that is definitely not the case. Apple did not. It <laughs> deliberately doesn't. Yeah, like this. When have they needed to do that? Right. I, well, I think that people underestimate how important Apple considers it to announce things in the precise way that they want to and to explain them, you know, that they really. They put more work into the keynotes than I think a lot of people – like, a hundred times maybe more work into the keynotes than people think that they – some people think that they do. Like, they are very, very interested in – and they think it's important to announce things in a way that people understand them correctly. Whereas this is not really that. This – again, it's good work, and he knows it. And I I do think – I mean, part of what makes it curious is – so Mark Gurman, let's compare Rambo and, and Gurman. Gurman obviously has had a lot of good sources at Apple over the years and has gotten leaks of information. But he's not technical. He's not a programmer. He's you know just a reporter who, who, who cultivates human sources – like, Gurman, to my knowledge, has never done anything like discover a URL that's public mm-hmm. that shouldn't have been public, which is one of the things that Rambo and, and Stephen Trouton smith is, who's a fr- yeah, who they work together on some of this stuff. And Stephen Trouton smith got credit at the bottom of a couple of these 9to5Mac articles for helping mm-hmm. Rambo, which makes me think that there is – it could be yeah. that they have access to software. Uh, they're both extraordinarily clever. And they're both really, really talented at the, to me, black magic of uh, getting these. You know, you, you you could give me the the iOS thirteen download, and I I, I wouldn't know <laughs> no, what to I do with it. I have either. a computer. <laughs> I have a computer science degree. I mean, I'm not an idiot. I'm not an idiot, but I don't know how I would get in there and figure out that hey, there's a new drawing recognition you'd, recognition thing that
2: you'd fi- you'd fire up ResEdit.
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if if I could fire up ResEdit, maybe I could figure something out. No, I, if I had to do it, I would. I would. I would get in contact with Stephen Jones. <laughs> and and so you, you do know how to do yeah. it. <laughs> so I guess I do. Right. <laughs> That's the only way. All right. Uh. Uh. I. But I think it could also be though, and I don't want to pry. I'm, I know Stephen. Uh, I don't really I don't know that I've ever been in contact with Rambo, but I know Stephen Trouton Smith uh, And you know, we've I messaged about this a bit um, You know More or less he just a couple of these popped in. he just sent me a text message just to show, you know Send me the URL so I'd see it early mm-hmm. um, And I'm not gonna pry because I, I, he's not they're not gonna tell me anyway I don't yeah. want to pry Yeah, and, and I don't. I don't like asking questions. I know that can't be answered Um, but I have admitted that I'm damn curious what the hell is going on. Yeah. One of the other ideas that I, you know, was that maybe the source is like a build engineer at Apple, somebody who works on the, um, the, the part of the operating system where it's like, you take all of this various work and actually put it together into a, iOS 13 beta that can be installed on phones, right? Which yeah. in, when you really think about how big these operating systems are is <laughs> it seems like devilishly complicated work uh, to actually turn dozens of different projects from wireless networking to screen recognition to pencil support to, you know, new APIs for AR and put them all into a, you know, a single downloadable bundle that will properly (laughs) install itself on iPhones. Uh, Somebody who works in that area maybe would be the sort of person, like one person might have access to an awful lot of information across the operating systems. I I don't know. Are there any of these things that they've revealed that you found particularly interesting?
2: I mean, not not any more than any other ones, I wouldn't say, but... Like, at the like highest you said, it's, level. Like it's, a, it's kind of a hodgepodge. I mean, there's Siri stuff, there's marzipan improvements, there's augmented reality stuff, and then...
0: Um, at, at the highest level, some of what they've re- revealed is stuff that we've all known from other rumors for a while, which is primarily that the iPad is getting, or should be getting at least, uh, a, a some significant updates to make it, it, just to make productivity better on it. Mm-hmm. Some inter, you know, system level interface improvements to make side by side apps better. Uh Multiple windows, or I don't, I'm, and I'm not sure. I, windows seems like the wrong word because window to me is specifically a rectangle. Well, it doesn't have to be a rectangle, I guess. If, if we go back to the <laughs> those music player days, <laughs> right? With <laughs> with Audion and and SoundJam, yeah. we had a lot of windows that weren't rectangles. Um, but it's a floating rectangle that you can drag around the screen and stack them in an overlapping fashion and possibly resize them yeah uh, i mean like I, the I video don't explain. window right yeah um yeah so like the video player the, the heads-up display is a window but most of what like like in safari those tabs aren't windows. So I'm not quite sure and it doesn't seem clear from this leak whether they're windows. Like windows still seems wrong on the iPad. It seems like they should all be like tiled and in, in fixed rectangular mm-hmm. full height space. Yeah. But anyway, some kind of way though that system-wide, you know, apps will be able to have multiple things open at once. So you'll be able to have i presume for example two emails open at once that you're writing like right. that's it is a thing i'm you know i i don't want to go on a whole mac versus ipad <laughs> ramp but there's an awful lot of times where i have two half written emails open on my mac more than two, two unfortunately um <laughs> uh, it's weird to me that something that some people can use. Like, I'm not sure how people. Some people do it. Like, if your iPad's your only device, I, I, and I know that there's drafts, but and you can do the thing in Mail where you can flick it down to the bottom, but none of it seems as elegant to me as just having a couple of emails open at once. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, it seems like some thinking along those lines has been, which w- was rumored for last year, and seemingly, you know, according to rumors. Uh, which I believe was punted for not being ready. So that stuff is coming.
2: The, Lots uh, of marzipan the, stuff. The one that I, I've forgotten about was there's also the, the watch authentication.
0: Uh Yeah, what's different with that? See, I've lost, I've so, <laughs> <laughs> forgotten half of these things. <laughs>
2: well, it's just, it's about using the watch
0: in order to do more stuff oh, to unlock right, right. more things um and, right right yeah. right right that that your mac will be able to trust your watch for more things and you'll be able to use it for things that that the uh, the modern macbooks that have the uh, touch id sensor mm-hmm. can use the touch id sensor for you'll just be able to use your watch instead yeah
2: which which i think yeah. can be useful because I, I often use my macbook pro when it's you know closed and connected to a yeah uh, a yeah. monitor and that's always annoying when it you know I can't do that touch ID thing
0: to use passwords. I love I love the feature that you can unlock your Mac just open your MacBook and yeah. use the watch yeah. to to open it. Are you wearing your watch now? I am wearing it. Okay. Right now as we speak. Okay. I don't wear it every day. Uh in fact, I didn't wear it yesterday. I have other watches I like to wear. I wore a different watch yesterday and then I put my Apple Watch on this morning and it said, "You didn't move much yesterday, John." <laughs> <laughs> you can do it today, and I—I I should have taken a screenshot of it. I was like, according to the, my watch, my watch, as far as my watch knows, I didn't move at all yesterday. I might have been dead, because so, I didn't—I didn't touch my watch yesterday. But it does—it does, it does
2: some yesterday. of the move stuff with the phone, right? I mean, so you'd think that the watch would
0: ask the phone if you had moved. I don't know. You know? But I guess they—they're not don't talking know. to each other. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it sounds like they're going to do more. The only other, other thing I can think of that you can do on the watch on your Mac now is Apple Pay. You can mm-hmm. definitely confirm Apple Pay on a watch. Yeah. Um, but that would be cool to have more stuff do that. Especially if third parties can can hook into it. Right. Then if you have like an a password protected app, you might be able to as an option say, "Hey, if you, you know, authenticate with Apple Watch instead of having to enter a password." Yeah. That would be cool. Uh, the marzipan stuff is obviously a big part of it uh that was one of the first leaks they had where there's going to be uh and i think i do think they structured them well like i think they started with the biggest story which was this uh that there's going to be separate music podcasts and tv apps Mm -hmm. on the mac uh
2: which we assume will be the mars band versions of the apps yes. that are coming from and I from believe Biola. they
0: suggest that they are and, mm-hmm. and a new a new books app a replacement for the books app with uh, that will probably also be a marzipan uh, and yeah I guess we should definitely talk about that I feel like this the the, the long awaited breakup of iTunes uh, needs to be talked about <laughs> I thought the ATP guys, I thought they had a really good segment on it that I, I won't repeat I, but there was a recent episode of ATP where Marco was a bit pessimistic about this. Like we might be, you know, we've, we've all been frustrated for years that iTunes has gotten a bit cluttered and it takes on more stuff, you know, and it used to be an app that it, the funny thing that like maybe the tragic part is it was beloved when it came out. Oh yeah. Right. When iTunes came out, man, people loved it because everybody had just been managing their not everybody, because I know there was Sound Jam, which was actually the roots of iTunes, and, and Panic had their Audion app. But you had to be like an indie Mac fan nerd to have even heard of either of those apps at this point. Like normal people, if they had MP3 files, they just had them like in a folder on their desktop, right? <laughs> like just throw them all in here just pop a cd in your mac and hit one button and it'll all be organized and they'll all be named right right like you know we, we didn't it, back when we were pirating all these songs the file names were song wrong zero
2: zero one right yeah. it,
0: the artist empty string <laughs> you know you know just, you just knew, you know you knew uh, which song was what
2: <laughs> yeah Beatles songs and you put, it on, your, and it, you put was, it on your rio and just yeah
0: right Beatles songs with like a release date of nineteen ninety-nine because that was like the CD it was ripped yeah. from. Yeah. You know. I probably still uh, have those. <laughs> yeah, but it was a mess. And iTunes came out and it was glorious. And it was Apple at its best. And and the 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 eye of Sauron, Steve Jobs himself, obviously was passionate about this app. And when he said he loves music, everybody knew it was true and that this app was Meant to be the music playing app that Steve Jobs would not just use, but want to use. And even some of the stuff that was extraneous, like the uh, the screensavers, what did they call those? The Oh, yeah. They're still in there. Um... Yeah, they're still in there. Everything's still in there. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> but it just seemed cool because then you, if you were setting up your Mac to play music, it wouldn't just look like a dumb... Uh, list of songs. It you'd have this great visualizer. Isn't that what they visualizer call it? visualizer? Know? Yes, yes. That's yeah, it makes exciting. your Mac look like a cool thing yeah. while you're pumping music for your party or whatever. Right, right. Uh, people loved it, and then it grew over time, and you know took on all this responsibility. Where I think, yeah, it seems it was, like
2: when the the iPhone took off, yeah, is when it really went poorly. Or, you know, it went right. too far because now it had to handle the, the apps. And that whole process was – and then I'd handle backing up the phone and doing all that. And
0: then it became ridiculously cumbersome. Just small amounts of accumulation of technical debt that made sense every step of the way, but eventually you're so many steps into it where it's like, wow, how did we get here? Mm -hmm. It was like, well, of course iTunes was used to manage your iPod. That was almost probably half the reason they made the thing. And it was great. It was like you just plug your iPod in and you get all your same playlists and all your music. It just all, if you had just ripped a CD, you didn't have to do anything. You just plug your iPod in and then all that new music was now on your iPod. Um, and then when they made the iPhone, they were like, well, we need some kind of data port. Well, we've already got the 30-pin connector from the iPod. Why don't we use the same port? And then we could use the same cables. And once you have that, it's like, well, then how are we going to get software updates and stuff like that? Or how are we going to get your music <laughs> onto your iPhone? Because that was like, iTunes. Well, we'll, have, well, why don't we just have iTunes treat the iPhone as like an iPod? You know, And it all made sense. And then all of a sudden, you know there's there's an app store <laughs> in iTunes like that was weird right like it in hindsight it is very very strange that the if you would think of the way you felt about iTunes when it first came out in 2000 or 2001 whenever that was and then think about the fact that it eventually was filled up with dozens of mobile games
1: <laughs> yeah
2: and we have at least you know gotten to the point i think we've gotten to the point where we don't do all that other man, the iPhone management stuff is not done in iTunes anymore no. by most people. Do you? I don't even use, do backups in it. No, anymore. I don't I either. Just I did do, for a long I just, time. I did for yeah, a I long did time, but then I, you know, I bit the bull and bought more iCloud storage
0: and we just use iCloud and it's yeah. a lot easier. Well, and I also find that that Apple has quietly, you know, you know, I, I, I sometimes hate to misuse it quietly, but without much acclaim, has made iTunes or iCloud restore really, really good. Yeah. Like it, it, it comes in at about as fast as I could reasonably hope that it would over Wi Fi. Yeah. And, and it's gotten to me a lot, it's become more determinate, like in the early years of it, it just seemed like indeterminate, like, well, wait, I don't have any photos yet and I don't see anything spinning. Hmm. <laughs> just wait. And then I come back and I've got 323 photos. And it's like, well, I've got a lot more than 323 photos. I've got thousands of photos. Let me go look on my old iPhone. How many photos do I have? And I'm like, I have 19,000 photos. And then eventually it would have a thousand photos. And then i you know, a day or two later, it would, they'd all be there, but I, I would just, just Show me a spinner and say you're working on it, right? You yeah. just don't – you don't have to update each number. You don't have to go 13,233, 13,234. You don't you have to show me – just, just show me that something's going on. And I think they've gotten a lot better at that in my experience. Yeah. And I tend to, to use it a lot because I get all these review phones and I just do them all over the iCloud Restore or set them up as new or something like that. Um uh, yeah, because the other thing too was that the, using iTunes for it was always a little confusing. Like that was one of those areas where I don't think they really got the interface right. Because it was like, if you didn't encrypt your backups, they didn't include Passwords. an awful lot of important stuff. Right. Passwords, That's especially like the biggest thing I think, but right,
2: which makes sense. But then maybe it right. should have been encrypted from by default instead of unencrypted by mm-hmm. default
0: yeah I think it should have been and I think that they didn't want to encrypt it by default because it was serious encryption, and they didn't want to deal with all the people who'd forget their passwords yeah, and then it was yeah, like, well, true. T- you know, and then literally <laughs> have to say to them there's nothing we can do. <laughs> Um, I guess that's the thought process. But in addition to, I think, maybe discouraging more people from doing what they should have been doing, I just think the, the whole explanation of it in the interface was never quite clear. Like, it was never clear that if you did encrypt it, you would you would have a much better experience so long as you remembered it, right? It, was, it, it made it seem as though it was just about like, hey, if you're spooked about having your backup unencrypted on your hard drive because somebody might poke around in it, than encrypt it. I don't think they made it clear at all that if you encrypt it, it'll also include a lot more of your stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely not. So anyway, are you excited? What do you think? So Marco's take, I, I don't want to, well, so yeah, I mean, I the, idea, it, but... the
2: idea, right. Is that we'll get these, these apps will be ported over from iOS to the Mac and iTunes isn't going to go away really, at right. least not to begin with, because it does a whole bunch of other things that are not included right. in those apps, obviously but it, you won't have to deal with it if you don't want to on a, like a regular basis. So right. well,
1: uh, that seems like,
2: and, a, and, I mean, you know, that seems like a big improvement. <laughs> it may not be exactly, you know, I think we, we would probably think, I mean, who knows? It depends on how the, the apps are, you know, how well the apps are ported over, right? As long as they're Mac, as long as they're Mac feeling, that'll go a long way towards making that process less painful but if it's like what was done you know with news and stocks and whatever where it's just like "Eh, eh, slap it's and now it's in a window and you can (laughs) run it on the mac
0: (laughs) which i don't think it will be but i guess the concern and and the atp concern is hey everybody wanted itunes broken up because it seemed like it was too much in one app and kind of got crufty um but in the be careful what you wish for category of here you go, everything's broken up. And then you get these apps that might be too simplistic. Like there is, if it's just the Mac music player, is just the iPad music player in a Mac window, you lose an awful lot of stuff mm-hmm. that iTunes can do smart playlists and complicated interfaces for making complicated smart playlists. And part of, what we love about apple at its best is this their ability to uh g- give you an app like i the classic you know the old itunes in the early days is a perfect example where at a basic level it worked for everybody you know anybody who really just wanted to play music on their computer had a pretty simple interface that you could you know you could navigate by artist and by album and people could figure it out just by looking at it and play But if you wanted to do things like make complicated smart playlists with ands and ors to exclude this and include that, they had an interface for it. And you didn't have to write it in a programming language. You didn't have to do it by AppleScript. It was a nice little interface like, you know, you get for making mail filters. Um, In other words, letting you use your computer as a computer. Right. And I feel like at a very flippant, high level uh, description, part of what I think frustrates some of us about Apple in recent years is not really letting you use your computers as computers anymore, Mm -hmm. taking away some of that computeriness and making them more abstract devices.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, like this only is a good idea if these apps are actually very good Mac apps that let you do useful and powerful things. Right.
2: Are there other examples of like smart playlists that?
0: Well, I mean, I don't it seems know. like. Well, what about letting you manage? Is this new music app going to let you manage a local local yeah. pile of music yeah, right. if that's what you want to do? Mm-hmm. Right. There's there's the, maybe the biggest level, right? Like, what if you've got and as old fashioned an idea that is for kids today who really have grown up in the streaming era? And I kind of get the beauty of the streaming thing where. You don't you you're never going to lose your music, you know, it, although, although I guess artists can leave your streaming service and you lose access. So <laughs> but you don't have anything to worry about. And it seems very simple. Right. Um, you know, and and with things like Netflix, it doesn't even make any sense. I mean, I suppose there's some people with piles of ripped Blu-rays and DVDs and yeah. things that. Or downloaded off the back of a truck yeah as they say but for those people with, for those people there's plex or something like that right yeah they they do have gonna, software not, i
2: mean your, your days of using itunes for that kind of stuff are, are basically over right. along long you know, i've right. been over for years right uh
0: so but i don't music, know music you
2: know. is a little bit different and yeah i don't am trying to remember like because there were times when i would edit dates and things because it would be the date of something. And and I think there were some in iTunes that are even still like yeah. that. Like it's a, like if they remaster something, yeah. it's the date of the, the remaster instead of the date of the, the original song, yeah. which always well, here's, bonkers.
0: Like, okay, th- these Beatles songs here. are not from the nineties. Here's one that will surprise. Absolutely. No one <laughs> who knows me, uh, long ago, like when I had a big pile of music, all in iTunes, it eventually made me. I couldn't stand it anymore. That I had a whole bunch of songs where all of the apostrophes were stupid straight apostrophes. So <laughs> I, I wrote. I, and you know where it really drove me nuts is when I is when I got the uh, when I was using an iPod, uh, the early iPods where they used the old classic Chicago bitmap typeface, mm-hmm. the classic yep, Mac one. Yep, yep. Because the difference between the dumb apostrophe and the, the curly apostrophe is really, really glaring in that font, and it's such a nice it's such a nice improvement in it. So I wrote an apple script and i I fixed all of my songs like hundreds and, yeah, I didn't go by hand and type it. I wrote an apple script, and I don't know if it took me less time to write the script to do it. Than it would have to do it by hand, but that sort of thing feels, at least, felt like I saved tons of time. Yeah, uh, and it was extremely satisfying to me ever after that, where all of my album names and song names that had apostrophes or quotes had uh, typographically correct ones. Mm-hmm. I, it made me very, very happy. Um, and it also it made me a little mad too that a lot of the ones I had were from the iTunes store, and uh, it's like I, you know, I feel like Apple should have gotten that right. Um, but I could fix it, and it did wasn't too hard. Yeah. Uh, I really, really doubt the new music app from Marzipan is going to be Apple scriptable. In fact, I'm pretty sure. Well, maybe not. I, I take that back. I think Stephen Trouton Smith proved that it could be. Uh, so I won't say couldn't, but I think it's extraordinarily unlikely that an app. The whole point of this this developer framework is to share a code base with iOS, which doesn't have Apple Script, would be Apple scriptable. Yeah. So that's the sort of thing, and there's tons of iTunes Apple scripts out there. iTunes is wonderful is a wonderfully Apple scriptable application. There's the Doug's Apple script site as so many great so- uh, tools out there. If you've ever wanted to do weird things with your iTunes, browsing his website and finding a bunch of scripts is super fun. I really doubt we're going to get that. Yeah.
2: I, well, I, well, I certainly don't think we'll get it to begin with. But right. it seems like the thing that the kind of thing that might migrate over time, well, or or, or it, they just have to keep maintaining iTunes. Right.
0: Well, they might, but will iTunes share a music library with the music app? There's, I mean, that's just a technical. I, I don't know. That's well, the, just I think interesting... the, the,
2: It seems like the music app will do whatever you know. will take whatever's in your cloud, yeah. right? Which is that's a good question. Are they going to be completely separate? Yeah, because the, then you'd have you'd have to have twice the space if they're separate. If you're storing them right. on the device. Which right. I don't think anybody wants to do. I mean, mine's like twenty-three right. megabytes or something. I mean, right. It's fairly and it's reasonably large.
0: And I, you know, I, I really I mean, have g- to gigabytes. say I don't <laughs> not megabytes. I don't want sp- <laughs> to bigger than that. <laughs> I don't want to spend too much time bitching about marzipan again. I think I've beaten that horse to death. But and, and I'm not sure even calling it marzipan is the right thing to do because I believe I, don't, I hope I'm not. Fooling myself with wishful thinking, but I think I also have reason to believe that the marzipan we know today from the Mojave apps, news, stocks, uh, voice recorder, and Home, uh, they are clearly from the iOS versions of those apps. Painfully so, because you can they, they just look like iOS apps. Run some of the, especially yeah. like Home just looks like an iOS app running in an you know mm-hmm. this the, the simulator. Yeah. Uh, but it's re- part of the reason that it, it was unveiled at WWDC last year as, as a preview is that what they had to for those apps was only the tip of the iceberg, so to say, of other developer things that will help make these apps not look like iOS apps running yeah. in an emulator. Yeah, um, that there's a whole bunch of developer stuff along that line and. You know, what we've seen is is different. But boy, if these apps are like those apps, that would be that would not be good, in my opinion. Yeah,
2: it's sort of like the classic Uh the classic Mac stage uh, before going to.
0: Yeah, but I guess that's one of the other tidbits they revealed is that uh, Marzipan apps will be able to open more than one window, (laughs) which, again, (laughs) as a bullet point, isn't really it's not really a. A, hey, that's a cool new feature for this year's marzipan. It's really just condemning the marzipan that they sh- decided to ship <laughs> with Mojave a year ago, that they shipped it in a state where it still wasn't capable of opening more than one window. Like, which to me, in the, uh, News app is one example. I think it's absolutely preposterous that you're supposed to treat this as a news app, and there's no way to open more than one article at a time. Yeah, like If you have a long article and you want to finish reading it later but keep reading some new stuff, it really seems pretty obvious to anybody who's ever used a Macintosh that you should be able to double-click a story (laughs) and have it open. (laughs) I mean (laughs) – Anyway, and voice recorders is another one where it's, it seems absolutely ridiculous that you can't have two recordings open at a time on a Mac. It's ridiculous. So, you know, that's a good sign. Like, that's one small bullet point that seems like a silly little thing. But I think it, 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 that bullet point really is a hint that the true Marzipan story is way deeper than what they revealed last year. Mm-hmm. They just had to reveal this little bit of it because they wanted a news app for Mac because they knew they were going to do this Apple news plus thing and et cetera. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I find, I find still find that app supremely frustrating. I still, and I, and it drives me crazy because <laughs> people will send me links and they're, and they're oh. often links that are Apple news links. And I'm just like, Oh God, please
0: don't. do <laughs> that. Do you know what? I have a service. I see. I used to publish stuff like this all the time and I should get back into doing it. I, I, I wrote a service, you know, system, you know, like an automated thing. So it's on your Mac and it's in your services menu and it'll take any Apple news URL and just, you select it in any app and run the service and it turns it into oh. the original URL for the story. Oh, give me so the, you give don't me. have to like, it works. It's pretty simple actually, but uh, hopefully I, I'm trying to think if it relies on any weird Pearl stuff that I have that, that everybody doesn't have anyway. I'll, all right. I promise you, I won't okay. I don't promise that everybody will get it. But <laughs> Fine, I'll look that, it. I did that. I don't care about <laughs> but it is super frustrating. I hate yeah. getting an Apple news yeah. URL.
2: Yeah. And um, I had like, I had a story open in news and then someone sent me a link and I clicked on the link and it opened in news and I, and like the story that I wanted to read that I've been sort of saving it open that I wanted to read was just gone. Like, and I couldn't go back right. to it. It was when I click back, it would take me to the homepage. page. So, <laughs> yeah, this is not helpful. Um,
0: Yeah, and I get it, you know, and just, yeah, I am going to beat the Marzipan horse a little bit, like, (laughs) but for example, I, and like, I just think that the voice memos app is just atrocious. It's just a really bad Mac app, but then people will say, well, it's better than nothing because I have voice recordings on my phone. And before this, there was no way to get them on my Mac and now they sync through iCloud and at least have my recordings on my Mac. It's better than nothing. And I'll concede that it is better than nothing, but, you know, better than nothing as a company's slogan is a lot different than insanely great.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Like, it used to be that we celebrated Apple for making things insanely great. And now we're saying, better than nothing. (laughs) Like,
1: (laughs) <laughs> that should have I mean, been. the code there, name. There
2: have been, But there have been lots of transitional moments. I mean, like I was talking about, like the classic—you know—when you had to yeah. go the classic interface when we were going from, right. uh, you know, OS nine to OS ten. Those, were, right? I'm hoping that that's what we're in right now with this,
0: right? Like what you're saying, when you'd 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 have to open up a classic app because there was no native, yeah, carbon, or, yeah, and you'd or or open it up version. and it would look like
2: the old, you know, it looked yeah. like OS nine because you were basically right. running yeah. two
0: operating systems. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, better than nothing. You know. <laughs> Which was, yeah, you know, better than nothing. But that's different, though. That To me, though, that was – it was clearly that's the old thing, and you're hanging on to it. Whereas yeah. this is a – the thing that's different about this is that these are new things. This Voice Memos app is new for the Mac, and it's coming, you know – I, I don't excuse it as well. I, yeah. I don't think. App, I think it's I think it's like, a little more.
2: It's not as clear cut because it's not as clear a dividing line. But right. but in but in a way it is still is still sort of a, it's a transition uh, because we're moving yeah. and theoretically I, so. I think we're moving from those iOS apps will not be the same either. Right. It's not just a matter Hopefully. of moving the iOS apps to to the Mac and making them more Mac like. We're the hope i think is that you know based on some of the other rumors that those the the way the ios apps themselves will be changing to make them a
0: little bit more mac like yeah yeah the classic transition now the more i think about it I get it that it's a transition, so I think you're right on that part. But the difference is that – and I think Apple itself did a very good job right from the get-go of having all of the, their stuff was native on Mac OS X. They nativized everything, and if you were using Apple software, you uh, I mean there might be some exceptions, but yeah, you know, for the most part, the whole idea of classic was for third-party stuff, and Apple couldn't – Make them, and there was no way I understand enough about how it works. There was no possible way that they could make a classic version of an app look like a native mac OS ten app you know mm-hmm. it had to look like it, what it was it 's just the nature of how it works, whereas there was no reason that apple couldn 't write really great Mac apps for news and stocks and voice recorder you know yeah there 's just no reason not to like it's just very alarming. I don't know. I don't want to keep going on. I okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just really hope that one of my key hopes, maybe my single biggest hope for WWDC this year, is that when they unveiled the 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 here's the real marzipan, will be like, what the hell were they thinking last year? Right. As opposed to thinking, oh God, that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> Like I don't want to be too dramatic, but I honestly think if that's actual, if those apps actually represent what Apple thinks the future of the Mac is, it's the end of the Mac. I, I mean, that sounds terribly dramatic, but I really hope it was just that. That for once they actually thought, well, <laughs> better than nothing. <laughs> uh, what else? What else is in these leaks?
2: Uh, there's so there's the bit about combining find. My friends and finds the iPhone. And then that came with another little tidbit about them possibly selling like tile style things that you affixed affixed to something that you lose frequently and then you know, your keys or whatever, and then you can
0: use that app to find anything. Right. That you've find anything that you've attached the thing to. And it sounds that sounds like a weird product for Apple to make.
2: Yeah although i mean it makes it makes sense with that app and given that they have all that infrastructure it doesn't seem like that that extra piece is that
0: hard to build right yeah it's it does seem like that
2: and it does seem seem like a a sticky thing
0: yeah it does seem like a good idea to combine the two apps uh Mm -hmm. you know the tile product is very curious. I'm guessing, just purely a guess, but I'm guessing that that tile thing is not a WWDC announcement. That that yeah, is no, something right. that the support for it's in the OS. I guess, which would suggest they think they're gonna they might ship it within the next year. But that seems like something that they would unveil in like September, September. alongside new yeah, iPhones. Right. Uh, but yeah, really interesting. <laughs> Sometimes I worry, too, I worry, too, about, like, Apple stuff being too expensive. Uh, (laughs) Like, I really do think I don't think anybody at Apple was fooled about, like, how popular HomePod was going to be at $350. Like, I think they kind of knew that, like, in a market full of $70 speaker things that people think are fun. Three hundred fifty is really high, mm-hmm. but it really is like a three hundred fifty dollar product. Although they just cut the price a little bit, right? Yeah. Isn't it like three twenty nine now or three yeah. hundred? Uh, well, I think they're. I think that as they can as they can reduce the price, I think they are reducing the price. I don't think it's. I don't think it's so much a sign that uh, it, sales are so bad they have to cut the price. I think it's that production costs have gone down, so they can reduce the price. But they built a very expensive speaker system. 300 um, bucks. I worry that Apple might build $300 tile trackers. <laughs> <laughs> I worry I worry that Apple
2: will charge you a service fee <laughs> every month to track certain like it's it's $4 a month to track your keys.
0: <laughs> Do you is there anything that you would use that for?
2: No. I don't think so. I don't think so. There's nothing that I I mean, i pretty and I I may be like more meticulous than most about keeping track of things. Um, so I rarely I, I never lose my keys. <laughs> I, almost, I almost never lose my keys.
0: I almost never lose my keys. Uh, and I'm pretty uh, part of it is just by being f- fairly rigorous about only putting them. That's right. Exactly. In, I, there's one place where I put them.
2: When I uh, when I come back in the for house, me, I could go right. right in the drawer.
0: Right, it's either in the drawer, in my pocket, mm-hmm. or in the car. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and
2: I, have what else? You I, can put it on the dog. A, that might be cute. that might be, you know, that might be helpful. Yeah. But I think he's already chipped and
0: though. It, <laughs> and in theory, you know, you could put it on a bag. Like I did have Amy got me the tile trackers a few years ago as a gift, and so I did put one in my back. I didn't know what else to do. I put it in my backpack. Uh. Yeah, but I never lost my backpack and never used it. And then the battery died on yeah. the t- tile tracker. And the, the, uh, the end, yeah, the end, that was the end of the story. Uh, very sweet gift. It's clever. Cause I had been thinking about it and it yeah. is certainly, it was, you know, but the only thing I really used it for was testing it, <laughs> you know, like I'd hide it somewhere and yeah. see if I could find it. Yeah. And, oh, there it is. But anyway, interesting, interesting unveil there. The, um, um,
2: yeah, I think that we just spent like two days trying to find Karen's, um, i
0: uh airpod case <laughs> mm, see but that wouldn't help right because you couldn't put a tile on that i kind of wish the airpod case a, had why that why could you not put a tile on that well i don't know maybe if it's small enough
2: yeah i was mean, what thinking. would you do? I, well i'm i'm i i am i do not know maybe i'm overimagining for some reason i was imagining apples would be a lot smaller
1: than the, yeah maybe than the tile maybe. one but
2: i don't know i guess it probably I don't would know be. why i made that jump i just figured it's gonna be way smaller <laughs> because that's always been <laughs> I, my problem with the tile thing one of my problems with it—it it seems like it's—I'm right. not going to put one of those on my keys. For, for, well, I mean, because I don't lose my keys very much, but it's another thing to put on my keys, and I've already got too many keys. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I, keys are uh, the obvious one, but I don't lose my keys, and uh, and my daily carry key thing is just one key. So okay, so, yeah. So I, we I have two cars,
2: yeah. and so I've got two fobs, and then we have like <laughs> door keys, you know, two door keys, mailbox key, key to my in-law's house. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't have any of that. Yeah. Anyway, keys are the obvious solution, but it seems like Apple wouldn't do it if it was just keys. So maybe there's more to this, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot more to it or, or if when they announced whatever the thing is, if it's so different that we have to think before we go back and think, Oh, wait about remember Rambo's nine to five leak about the tile trackers. That's that, you know, like it might be that sort of story where it's really the tip of the iceberg um hmm. so what else was there let me look at this hmm oh dark mode's coming to ios another one that was long rumored yeah but seemingly confirms it um that seems weird are you a dark mode person
2: um i am usually not always but uh, i think it depends to me well not on the mac no Hmm. Um, I, I I was thinking, run I was thinking B- like in in app dark dark modes, um, so like in uh, Tweetbot etc. uh I, I have, tend to use them. Uh, I've Note. run
0: I've run BB Edit in dark mode for many years. I long ago I used to every three months or so oh, get bored even. and switch switch the theme. <laughs> I guess I had forgotten uh, BB Edit has a dark mode. Well, for years, the it wasn't really like a system wide dark mode for the app. Like the fine dialog still looked like a regular platinum appearance whatever you want to call aqua appearance it's just that the actual text editor area would have a dark background with light colors and bb edit is such a minimal app that whatever color the text background is really is what color the app looks like um but i for years now i've kept it in dark mode and it's just somehow it sticks in my head and i use it so often i use it every day i, I like having it be in this very visually distinctive state where it doesn't look like all these other apps with a white mm-hmm. background but yeah i do that i do that with terminal I, I yeah so terminal's another one where I use like a blue background in terminal, so it doesn't look like BB edit with a dark dark gray background, so terminal and BB edit I've always used a dark background just to have it look different yeah, and I can't explain it justify it's probably just purely arbitrary, and I could train myself to use dark mode system-wide, but i don't but I don't even use I never use it on the iphone i don't it, I don't know if it's my eyes or what, but um I pretty much run every app in that light mode all day long.
2: Is terminal the yeah, only I know. Ter- Is terminal the only thing you can run and run opaque like yeah
0: see I through? think so yeah. well some, it's the only it, one think. where they expose it yeah. yeah
2: yeah so I do I do a black background and make it slightly see-through and have a green yeah. text so it looks like a
1: yeah uh, it looks very um, <laughs> matrixy
0: <laughs> Uh... uh trying to think so dark mode i know people are nuts for it there's uh an introduction of a new standard undo gesture for the text input on ipad you'll do a three finger tap or or slide left and right or something to do undo and redo and you think ah that may not be discoverable but there's some apparently some sort of like hey first time you're running it they're going to tell you hey you can do this and you can undo so that's good i was confused at first because I remembered that my iPad has undo buttons above the keyboard, but I, for- I had forgotten that the iPad Pros as of today have a totally different keyboard than non pro iPads. So the iPad Pros have like extra buttons like undo and redo that other iPads don't, even if they're running the same version of iOS 12. And the other iPads, can still do the split view where you drag the keyboard up and it splits into two halves and inexplicably, inexplicably, (laughs) this is one of the most inexplicable things in all of Apple to me. The bigger iPads, the pros don't have the feature. It's very weird. I'm the more I think about it, I, I get so frustrated. I cannot believe it. Like when I, I try to end the work day and put the Mac away and then, you know, use the iPad and my iPad and iPhone at, in the nighttime is is more of a relaxation day. I can't believe when I want to type out even just a tweet, I type so much worse on my iPad than I do on my iPhone. I'll actually put my iPad down, take out my iPhone, and write there so that I can just use my thumbs. Yeah. Anyway,
2: but it wasn't like that on the original ones, right? I mean, the you and the original Pros. No. You, no, you you could, could split it. Yeah, I think it's
0: just the new ones. Yeah, when they changed the size, right, when they made right. it bigger than, which 10. made me 5.
2: think like maybe it had something to do with like the. The camera like the face id thing but uh, i that doesn't make any sense
0: yeah i don't know uh, what else font management is getting a major update upgrade on ios uh and i wrote that that's a true finally for this one uh, because it just seems crazy. and you if you would have told me back in you know, 1992 that, you know, 17 years from now, Apple would have an eight year old personal computer platform that didn't let you install your own fonts. (laughs) I would have
1: shit my pants.
0: I would have thought, you know, like I would have thought, Oh my God, I'll bet, I'll bet Larry Ellison bought the company and, you know, turned it into a division of Oracle or something, you know, like there's no other way. How could that be possible? So, you know, for something that people are supposed to, quote unquote, work on, it's, you know, it, I really hope that they they do a nice job with that because it yeah. seems important. Yeah.
2: Then there's this um, sidecar thing. What's that? That's, so that's where you can use the iPad as a
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds interesting. Uh, another monitor.
2: <laughs> right. Which uh, will put the, uh, several people in business, <laughs> a, have, I guess. Or
1: is it a threat? I
0: have... I have the Luma product, mm-hmm. uh, Luna. The little red Luna. Luna. That's right. It's a little red dongle that you put on your Mac, and then it it acts as a Display Port or whatever Thunderbolt. I, I forget which version I have for my old Mac, but whatever. It looks to a Mac like it's an external display, right. but it's really just a little dongle little tiny dongle plugged in but then it shoots the image over to the luna app on your ipad and you Mm -hmm. can use the ipad and it it works pretty well and i have and i've you know so i spent a hundred dollars or whatever it costs to see it and was impressed and never used it because i have no need for it (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) yeah that's why that's why i don't have it i'm sure it's useful for i mean i can think that there are many people who would have that
0: yeah yeah. that need. But, well, um, but it also seems, and, and as impressive as it is that a third party shipped that product and got it, has it working as well as they do. Um, it really seems like it's something that has to be built into the system mm-hmm. to really work well and to get the API support so that Mac apps can totally understand that they might be getting Apple pencil input.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Because that's, Even the, though, that's,
2: the, that's sort of the Holy grail of, Yeah. yeah of that right. application.
0: Right. Uh, trying to think i guess there's not much more it's not worth going through them all one by one other than the that basic general uh uh meta story of how yeah. in the world did all this stuff leak right let me take a break here and thank our third and final sponsor and i'm very excited about this cuz it's a long time favorite of mine things from cultured code look we all have things to do things helps you achieve your goals things started life As an award-winning Mac app, now has iOS counterparts. In fact, the iOS app was one of the first 500 apps in the App Store. Terrific, rock-solid sync between all of the clients, so you can keep everything in sync across all your devices. And always has had a terrific interface. Two-time Apple Design Award winner, very, very cool interface, very simple to use. But they had a major redesign with Things Version 3 just two years ago. And since then, since the redesign two years ago, they've been adding features at a very, very regular clip. This is one. Of, this is an app that doesn't badger you with updates, but updates come on a regular basis, and they're very significant. And they just keep adding support for new stuff, the latest and greatest in the OS. So maybe you tried it long ago sided against it, if you looked at it a while back, it really is worth taking a fresh look because it just keeps getting better and better. It's very simple to do the easy stuff, just organizing to-dos. They have a system-wide shortcut for quick entry, which makes it really easy to add something from anywhere. And they've added new features like Mail to Things so you can send email from any device anywhere, have it added to your Things account. They have tags, which is very, very important to me. I don't know that I would use the app without it. That's how I like to organize my stuff. You tag stuff, then you can look at everything tagged with the same tag, get them all grouped together. You can add elaborate notes to an individual item. You can add checklists to an individual item. Or an item can just be, you know, just a simple reminder to, uh, you know, go to the grocery store it really has you covered for the simplest stuff to organizing really complex projects in a way that the whole project is there when you want to look at it. But your just list of stuff you want to do today is in a separate area of the app, all very well-organized, beautiful to look at and easy to use, super easy to figure out. Uh, and Hey, they support all sorts of stuff in the OS on the Mac. Uh, they have Action and Today extensions, so you can see it over there in your little uh, Today area on the right side of your Mac. They have a Watch app. They uh, integrate with the system reminders and calendar, Siri shortcuts, and one of my favorites, AppleScript support. It's a great, great Mac app. It really is. I use it every day. I've been using it for years, and it's it really it's one of my favorite apps. Now, if you think it might be of a nurse to you, here's what you do. They have a free trial for the Mac. Just go to their website, thingsapp.com. Download the app, get a free trial. You don't have to pay anything, just try it. What do you, it why not try Things if you aren't already using it? It really is a great app, makes me happy every day. And I just love to see a terrific native Mac app continue to be updated. And do so well. Um, so, my thanks to Things for supporting the talk show. Uh, anything else? Is there anything we missed on this before we we wrap it up? Uh, any oh, other stories? You know
2: the, um, I don't think you talked about the Qualcomm thing, did you? Oh
0: God, no, yeah. we didn't talk about Qualcomm. Yeah, that was yeah. There's the other big story. I knew right. there was a big one. Right. Yeah, there we go. Now we have a a, a final act. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what? So Qualcomm and Apple were fighting. For years. (laughs) Uh, Big stakes. Apple started withholding billions of dollars in royalty fees. Basically, uh, I guess there's two sides of it where there are actually Qualcomm chips. And in the area of modems, they are the clear leader worldwide. And they charged for it accordingly. And then there's the patent licensing, which is patent licenses that qualcomm charges even if you weren't using their chips and apple seemingly took a a deep moral uh outrage to this and felt that they were being charged for things they weren't paying for and that qualcomm didn't deserve and then there were other aspects of it this part i learned and i'm glad i learned it so i didn't shoot my mouth off and have to do a follow-up um but I knew that the one way that Qualcomm was charging for the license fees was based on the overall cost of the device. So instead of saying, okay, this is a $7 part, and you can put this $7 part in a $100 phone or in a $500 phone or a $1,000 phone, instead, they would charge you based on what the price of the phone was for the price of the part. And then so Apple, because they they make more expensive phones, was paying more for the same Hmm. Either chips or licensing fees that other company were, and they Hmm. saw this as deeply unfair. And I always thought that was a little curious for Apple to take an objection to, because that's exactly how the App Store works. (laughs) Right? Isn't it a little rich for Apple? I have to agree with them that it doesn't really sound fair. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, if if a dollar app. Yeah. That always used to that. I used to work in the financial
2: services industry and it used to drive me insane because we would get certain software products and a lot of the companies would charge you, um, not based on like the number of seats of you know users or whatever, but they would charge you how much uh, charge you for assets under management. It's yeah, just like, right. those are just numbers stored in the system. The system <laughs> like still does exactly the same thing, whether you have a right.
0: big number or a small right. number. Right. And that's also the sort of thing where I, I mean, I enjoy having money. I, 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 am trying to run a successful business. I, th- I think I'm doing okay. Uh, I believe in capitalism overall. I don't want to go on a whole, you know, whole rant about that, but, but there is a part of me that has a sense of shame. And so I, a pricing scheme like that would never occur to me. Like if I, my job is to come up with how do we charge mulch's company for our <laughs> software and how, you know, cause we want to make more money. I might think of some ways to make more money. You know, like, you know, mm-hmm. some kind of thing where if they have X number of seats, they have to pay more or something. Uh, it would never occur to me to charge by assets under management, but it just wouldn't even occur to me. But somebody thought of it and it worked and they're probably sitting on an island yeah, somewhere yeah, that they own. Right. Right. <laughs> but anyway, Apple objected to that and they were fighting uh, and, you know, they were going to court and... They even went to court. They even had a full day in court. Yeah. And then the well, next and day. Well, that was announced. part of the
2: interest. That was one of the interesting parts of the story, right? Because right. It, the the question
0: was who who blinked? And it seems like right. it was probably Apple. Yeah. Because um, it just, it's, the, these things often do settle. They sometimes do go to court, but it's really unusual to go to court and start it and then settle right away. Mm-hmm. Uh And then later in the same day, Intel announced that they were getting out of the business of making 5G cellular modems for mobile devices. And so you kind of see what the problem was here, which is that if Apple ever wants to have a 5G uh, iPhone or iPad, and somebody remembered, I did not, that Apple's first LTE product was the iPad, not the an iPhone oh, uh, the first yeah. five, right. the first lTE iPhone the five phone, the iPhone five came out after the first uh, LTE capable iPad, which actually makes a lot of sense at a technical level. You think like hey the iphone 's going to get it because that's you know, that 's the favorite child that 's the flagship product of the company. But these new chipsets tend to be bigger and hotter mm-hmm. and not as integrated onto a single tiny thing, and the iPad is a lot bigger and has a much huger battery, and therefore right. at a simple basic technical level it would be a lot easier to support LTE or, or coming soon, 5G. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know. So it seems as though my theory, I, uh, my take on the whole thing is that Apple's plan A was to rely on Intel for these chips going forward and you know like the last year like 2 years ago there were some iPhones that had Qualcomm modems and some that had Intel. It's a very un-Apple like situation because the Qualcomm ones were better. They right. they were you know network engineers tested them and found that they were like 30% more efficient. So they got like a stronger signal under more conditions and used less energy while doing so. And it was all based on, like, which carriers you had around the world, um, which, as one of the articles I read said from somebody who obviously has sources at the carriers was like, it, you know, like, I think AT&T got the bad ones. Uh, didn't really endear Apple to AT&T. Uh, <laughs> like Intel or uh, Verizon had to get the good ones from Qualcomm because Qualcomm's were the only ones that supported uh, both CDMA and whatever the opposite of gsm yeah you know so because verizon had the shittier cdma network they got the better iphones uh but then last year they went all intel it's intel across the board uh and that put and everybody who seems to know these things i i don't know jack about cellular modems i although i although i do know from reading all this that it is apparently devilishly tricky it is not surprising that one company like Qualcomm has a big lead because it is apparently devilishly tricky. And each jump up in networking, you think like, wow, that's amazing, it's so much faster. But the ways that it works to get faster are incredibly tricky. Like the details of how 5G works, it's it sounds insane. Um, I, I guess their you know, their plan was... Let's go to stick with Intel, so we can f- keep fighting Qualcomm. And I think that they were there were some reports that Intel is was behind. Yeah, uh, like Fast Company had a good story. Apple obviously knew uh, they weren't. Gonna, they I weren't going to be shipping five G chips anytime right. in the near future, right? Or at least not on Apple's timetable, yeah. whatever that timetable is. Uh, so they had to settle. But they, you know, how do you settle when you're you know, <laughs> when you're between a rock and yeah. a hard place, right? Like, and it's you know the terms were not disclosed exactly, you know, but there's the, Qualcomm did the closest they got to exposing the terms was Qualcomm revealed what an increase in earnings per share they expected because of this. And it was like two to $3 earnings per share per quarter or something like that. And so somebody who could do the math on that figured out, you know, uh, you know, act, it was like, you know, seven or eight, $9 billion a year or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what that number was. Um, I don't know. I don't have. It's interesting because Apple, uh, as they often do, did seem to take a moral stance on this, but it's hard not to also think this was all about the money.
2: Yeah, yeah, it had to be. I mean, it, well, you. I mean, when you have one supplier, though, it becomes it does become pretty difficult, and they're probably paying right. a lot more than they. Right. Would well, have and the to other if they were if there were like at least a couple of players. And right, the th- other X isn't... factor
0: is <laughs> that Apple is working on their own modems. Yeah. Right. And are, apparently are years away but but, but very very yeah. <laughs> full steam ahead i would imagine and
2: my understanding is they've set up their own like facility which is near qualcomm's and they're just like yeah. they're trying to they're poaching as many qualcomm engineers as they can
0: yeah yeah that's why they it's in uh san diego yeah. right yeah qualcomm town
2: <laughs> i still remember qualcomm what is, is the padres park like qualcomm
0: stadium I don't know. It probably should be. Probably is. Uh, uh I still remember Qualcomm as the company that bought Eudora. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was a bit ago. And it and then wrecked it. Yeah. Um uh, but that's a that's neither here nor now. Yeah. Right. Speaking of classic Mac apps. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it other than I think Oh no, they play at Petco Park. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh that's at least a little fun that you know at least <laughs> it conjures up fun images you know everybody likes animals
0: so do you know how bill you know how bill gates and his wife have bill and melinda gates have uh spent the last few decades uh spending their enormous fortune on uh, charitable endeavors mm-hmm. around the world, right. vaccinations, yeah. and a, a lot of healthcare-related stuff. Yeah. Beating, beating malaria. I think they're getting kids glasses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really a noble use of of an enormous fortune. I worry deeply that if I if I had like a Bill Gates enormous fortune, I would waste it <laughs> fixing the naming rights of stadiums. River Stadium. <laughs> no, I don't know. I what I would do is I would go back. I, I I wouldn't want to put my name on any of them. I I would want to go to the White Sox and say I want to buy out. <laughs> guaranteed rate field and rename it comiskey park this i want this renamed (laughs) comiskey park i would like to give them all good names not spiteful names because i'm not a fan of their team i would just like i would like all of these ballparks to have a a a nice name that you know uh hell we i might name i might have the mariners field named edgar martinez park there we go i don't know i mean something like that sure what a waste of a fortune! God, I wish I had a fortune to waste. <laughs> I'd be so good at it. Oh, and people would be so mad. Imagine how mad they would be <laughs> when they found out I could have been could have been helping to you could
2: have beat been, malaria, yeah, you could have been actually solving real problems. <laughs> but
0: White Sox fans would be happy. Yeah, I know. No, yeah. I mean, so, some people would definitely be happy. I'd never have to buy a drink in Chicago again, even <laughs> even though I'd have this enormous fortune of billions of dollars and could easily Which afford to buy have been, my. Which
2: yeah, better spent just buying yourself some drinks and
0: uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> curing a disease. <laughs> uh, uh, I, all right, I knew we had one more major story. I'm so glad that you remembered it. I don't really have much to say about. it. I guess yeah. the only other upside I can think of is that this may not be good for Apple. Um, it's or you know I don't it's have it's a lot good, of sympathy for him. Yeah,
2: I mean at least for now, but, you know. I mean, I think that the competition now is going to be between Apple and Qualcomm, but um, yeah. but it's going to take them, like you said, a few years. Uh, yeah. I, I always I wonder what <laughs> I haven't kept up on Intel very much, but it seemed like a number like five or six years ago, people were saying, oh, they're getting into AR, they're getting into these chip, these modem chips, so they are going to be you know gangbusters because they're Intel and they're so big and they can do anything, and now they're like. <laughs> <laughs> they're downsizing they're not successful they've, they've i think they've dropped their ar stuff they've dropped them the 5g chips the modem chips i
0: it, it, it it's a bit ignominious that they're it's like this is like totally this completes their uh, any attempt at getting into the mobile game yeah it, it is kind of ignominious given how what an ass-kicking company they were mm-hmm. in the pc era uh and how just and it's just hard to overstate how dominant they they were and you know along with microsoft but microsoft is still doing their thing yeah microsoft sort of just made tur- a...
2: turned it around to a large degree
0: right right the the you know Satella um satya nadella right. as as really turned this you know turned that company around and they are you know doing different things but doing them well but man oh man it's very it seems very painfully obvious that intel should have in some sense of the word should should have been a, a killer company in mobile chips yeah and now they can't even make a modem <laughs> i know and i know i just got done i it's so unfair because i just got done saying how devilishly tricky the whole thing right, is, right, right. is but but that's what Intel they did, did. they, they made, did
2: make some modems but they just didn't right. do it well enough to make it a good business
0: no <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does fit with the cook doctrine, which I think is interesting. I, I, I always link to Horace dead summary of it. And it's some statement of like a sort of mission statement that Tim cook gave. I don't know if it, when it was first became CEO or maybe he was still COO and it's longer. It actually espouses more than this, but the part that always sticks with me that one of the things Apple does according to cook's doctrine is owning and controlling the primary technologies behind the products that Apple makes. Um, and I think they obviously miscalculated on these cellular modems years ago. And, and and on the on the flip side, one of the least heralded but I think most astounding strategic successes in the history of the industry, let alone just Apple, was their decision to get into the mobile chip game with that. What was the company they bought? Oh, God, uh, I can't remember. Just a, it was a small investment overall, yeah. and. uh you know, turned it into these A-series processors. Mm -hmm. And I just, I still remember the, the keynote where they announced, I think it was the A4 was the first one, and that that was their design. And the pride that Steve Jobs had in it was so palpable. It was like, I just remember thinking, like, from just listening to the way he announced it, that this really wasn't about this A4 chip. This is about, like, Apple's future. Like... It was a very big deal to them. And in hindsight, it, it truly is. Um, uh, you know, I think they might have miscalculated on when they should have gotten into the cellular modem mm-hmm. game because it maybe miscalculated at how what a stranglehold one company, Qualcomm, was going to have over it.
2: Yeah. Well, ideally, but they'll, the good, they'll have, they will have set themselves up a little bit better yeah. sometime down the road. Yeah.
0: The upside for us as users is we'll get better modems cuz the yeah, Qualcomm exactly. ones are better. <laughs> and I hopefully we'll get, you know, maybe we'll get 5G phones better. I don't really care. I don't I, I have to say well, that Well, it's not all rolled yeah. out yet and right. And it's not even a close. whole bunch of there's not a whole bunch close. of infrastructure even
2: like right. yeah, yeah, I mean there's so much that needs to be done in order for it to be uh, truly meaningful that
1: right.
2: right. I, I, there's the- I'm thinking that it's going to come in 2020 maybe, but it may not come until yeah. 2021. But yeah, it's probably not going to be that big a deal.
0: Well, and yeah, and the other thing is, I, I have to say, my LTE service is excellent. Most places yeah. I go, like I can't think of. I'm trying to think of things I do where having something even faster would be better. Uh, I, you know, I, I it's pretty pretty hard to come up with anything. Mm-hmm. Like I stream video at the highest resolution I want. I mean, yeah. I guess there's Cover- compression. Coverage is
2: a little bit more of an issue than
1: right. than speed, yeah.
0: really right and penetrating into like basements or mm-hmm. thick buildings and it seems it sounds to me like 5G has a lot of problems in that area but we shall see yeah. but it you know at the very least it's it better modems for for iPhone users uh john i thank you thank you uh i guess there was one more thing here okay. we have one more thing one more thing we could do it quickly okay. you said before i thank god i forgot this i didn't forget it you still use an iphone se uh yes and there was a rumor recently, yeah. separately from Guillaume Rambo, <laughs> that Apple yeah, go is going to do. They're going to do a new iPhone eight with updated internals. Yeah.
2: So, like, like, like the Mariners. We started with the Mariners, and my,
1: <laughs>
2: not setting my heart on their early good performance. Um, when we can close on on me not getting my heart set on uh, rumors of a smaller phone. <laughs> I will believe it when I see it. I hope that they make a smaller phone. Um even if it is I would still rather it be smaller than the 8 form factor. Right. Uh, right. Because the SE is is much more the sweet spot sweet spot right. for me. And particularly I I just had my um my vision checked and my my prescription changed and now I can I can read things better uh, because I'm at the age <laughs> I'm, I'm so old now that my my nearsightedness is correcting itself. And so yes, my, yeah, my uh, prescription exactly was overcompensating. And so yep, they dialed yep. me back down and now I can, yep. now I can read text better. And so now my, my SE is, you know, I don't have to pump up the t- <laughs> the text and it's not like getting like four words on the, on the front of it. Um, so, I've, uh, I, I'm, I'm back all in on, on small phones.
0: <laughs> it, it sounds right to me that the, if they were going to do another SE type thing, that doing it in the iphone 8 size factor sounds about right mm-hmm. even though i know for the those like you and my friend uh, mike davidson who's a huge aficionado of that smaller size and really really was just bitching to me the other day about his iphone 10s being too goddamn big yeah I know that you would rather have it be smaller, but the eight is definitely, I just picked it off my desk when the rumor hit it, it feels smaller and most importantly, lighter. It is a lot yeah. lighter right. than, than right. the 10 S. Yeah. And I lived with, so, that. I mean,
2: I had a six and then a, a six S. So I lived with that form factor for like a year and a half before, yeah. before the SE came out. Um, before you hit the jackpot. Before, and- <laughs> right. The, the temporary <laughs> jackpot, which I've all, I've right. spent all of <laughs> I have this phone. Have this phone is now three years old.
0: That's amazing. Which
2: is the first? I mean, it's definitely the first iPhone that I've used for that long. Yeah,
0: uh, it's, and is it in good
2: shape? You, you take yeah, care of your oh stuff. yeah, it's in a case, of course, because I, you because know, yeah. I this thing, I'm not <laughs> not risking. And I think we finally can't. reached the point where we're we're, get, we're running out of uh, of um, clearance ones. Yeah, you so, can't afford to have it so break. So pretty it's like, soon, it's like, yeah, my... like unless I want to get a rose gold one, I better, I
0: better take good care of it. It's like my my collection of Apple extended keyboard twos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now I know how you live.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, when I when my second one broke, my my first one lasted for so long, and my second one, which was used to start, broke, and I suspect was never. Taken as good a care of before I started using it. Uh, so when I and, and then and then the one I'm on now was literally new in box when I started using it. And my one of my rules is no games. I'm not allowed to play games on my iMac because <laughs> press too hard on those keys. This thing, this baby's got to last me for a long time. <laughs> you need a second gaming keyboard. All right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, John Moltz, I thank you very much. Uh, you got a bunch of other podcasts, but you've got uh, the one of them is turning this car around. Yep. With our friends Dan and nope. uh, Dan Warren, nope.
2: <laughs> that is John Armstrong and Lex Friedman, and then uh, the, John Armstrong the and Lex. Friedman. Dan does not have kids yet. <laughs> Dan. and then the rebound huh. with Dan and Lex, and the speedy Aerocast with our good friends Dan
0: <laughs>
2: and Guy English.
0: Well, I knew it was. I knew he was on it. Yeah. One of the shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all good shows uh, that I obviously listen to. <laughs>
1: All the time.
2: <laughs> I'm so glad you listened to the Speedy era guest.
0: Yeah, that's that's a favorite. I got the did not. I know got I got, a, I got notifications on for when new episodes come out of that one. <laughs> that that really means something to me.